Welcome back to the Whispers from the Shadow podcast. Today we have a, we actually have a special guest. I'm Super Jimmy. I'm his pleasure. And hi, I'm Irish. <laughs> I'm also Irish, but you know, we'll go with Irish to to start with. <laughs> yeah. Usually how we're gonna refer to him as. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh today, like we always do, we always like to extend out the uh question to our people that watch us and everything like that. It is uh today's topic is horror in video games. What makes them good? What what tropes we like, what we dislike. Any and everything about and horror video what, games. What makes a good one, so on and so forth. The, yeah. the usual, we start with like one and then it like downward spirals from there because we can compare it to like 50 billion others. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, so, the rambling is what makes it fun though, you know. Oh yeah. Oh no, yeah. No, but but then, then we get into like the disagreements and that's the part that's always fun. <laughs> and that, that's what gives us the adventure. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. There's, there's going to be some disagreements from what we've... We've discussed in the warm-ups. So. Do, do you want to start with that one? No, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm sure there's plenty of other things. You can oh, there definitely is. Um, I was gonna say because, like, um, for my thing is like I was like trying to go back to the beginning, like some of the first earlier ones mm-hmm. with like um, Doom, uh, Ghouls and Goblins. Like they were not like the horror games; they were still kid friendly, but like they had horror elements. And yeah, what brought us into like what was it like mid '90s when we got a lot more like PlayStation One games that had actual horror games you resident evil silent hill fear effect mm-hmm. um i think clock tower was was with clock tower on that or the dreamcast i can't remember i think it was on both actually can't i don't remember. remember to be honest but um like that's where we got like true like i i think visual and like psychological horror games because i i what i loved about silent hill series is the grotesque disfigured enemies yeah <laughs> I, I, I like that like that like Japanese horror because that's what like Fear Effect was very heavily with and I loved that. Honestly, what I thought was really funny is how like when uh, the first Silent Hill that I played was I was the first time I got introduced to both Pyramid Head and the nurses and like I spent like thirty minutes training to get away from Pyramid Head and then I got to an area where I seen the nurses and I was just like, oh, they're scantily clad and like my little <laughs> teenage brain was just like, I wouldn't mind being stuck in this game. yeah there's a weird sense of like i should be really scared by x game but for some reason this is weirdly erotic (laughs) (laughs) like you hate that part of your brain but you know it's there like for example i was only playing the outlast trials recently that's only come out and there's an entire level you can go into and it's a orphanage and it's supposed to be run by nuns there's a load of all of these nun mannequins that are like scantily clad and it's like weirdly <laughs> sexy. And you're like, huh, shouldn't really be. But anyway, yeah, but then you get closer and then you realize like that the they have like faces stapled onto them and like they apparently have like real mutilated body parts of women taped oh. or stapled onto them. And you're like, huh. Hmm. Now, if you're still aroused at that point, that's where like you run into the danger zone. But for the moment, <laughs> <laughs> or you're just a fan of you know Rob Zombie and his uh, directorial yeah. style. <laughs> like, honestly, like honestly, if Rob Zombie were to were to make a video game, I would play the shit out of it. It'd be interesting. Yeah. I mean, he's guest starred in Twisted Metal, so I mean, he's down to yeah. do it. He did. Yeah, yeah I'd be interested to see. I think his grindhouse visuals would probably translate quite well into a game. I think so. You know, fair. Because uh, what was it? There was a there was a game that I played. It wasn't 
wasn't Outlast and wasn't Outlast 2. Um, this was a few years back before I even tried to get on any type of social media as a gamer. Um, I can't remember what it was. It was after I played the first Amnesia. And I was like, man, this this is like this is like old school grindhouse horror versus like new school mechanics in video games because it had like a hint system when you were in danger. That's like early tens, I want to (laughs) say. I think. Yeah. Yeah, this was uh, games around then. This was this was like 2017 ish back when I was just primarily a console gamer and I was like. I was just playing something on my PS4 and I was like, oh, this looks interesting. I started playing it and I was just like, oh, shit, this is a lot. <laughs> but um, I mean, like the first one I really, really remember, like giving me nightmares is still the very first Resident Evil because the cinematic of the first zombie you encounter back in 96 was like fucking horrifying. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I think, yeah, I. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I think the. F- the first true horror game I ever played was either Silent Hill or Silent Hill 2. I don't really remember that far back, but that's what really got me into liking horror games. And I just started playing them after that, which got me into like, um, what was the, the Suffering? The Suffering 1 and 2. I played the shit out of those games. Those were the first Fair games enough. I ever 100 percented. Uh, I never really had an awful lot of horror games because for me, it was the PlayStation 2. And, you know, like for the majority of the lifespan of that was just, you know, ma'am, can you buy this game for me? Ma'am, can you get this? You know, so like anything that was, you know, a bit too scary or horror filled was something like I wasn't allowed. I remember uh, my friend gave me a loan of uh, Evil Dead Fistful of Boomstick. And like, I remember my mother, like literally sat on the couch behind me, watching me play it to see like whether or not like it would be suitable, suitable. It was not (laughs) suitable. Uh, And I was made give it back to him the next day. So, (laughs) but in terms of like, this kind of a horror game, not really a horror game. It's more sci-fi. It was a destroy all humans for me. That was like kind of one of the first real kind of horror games i can think of like the idea of like aliens coming in cloning abducting, people cloning abducting people like the disintegrator i remember like seeing like the person's skeleton before they fall into pile like, yeah things like that were kind of uh <laughs> creepy but it was never yeah I- i'm trying to think of like any horror games i really played on playstation 2 at that at that time uh clock tower 3 is one that still stands out for me on the playstation 2 see playstation 2 specifically it was it was the silent it was uh the silent hill game that i played and i didn't have the memory i didn't have the memory card (laughs) so Mm -hmm. i had to play through the entire game in one go otherwise i couldn't save until you got back from school (laughs) yeah i used to have to do that with uh Star Fox on the take on a N64 because oh I didn't ha- like, it was given like the console was given to us by friends and they never put in the memory card so I'd have to play through all of Star Fox in one go. <laughs> I got <laughs> fucking very good at that game. <laughs> I think the last game I had to deal that with was uh, when I first uh, was uh, it was like on, my parents went on vacation or something like that. I was at a friend's house. Uh, I spent the summer with him and I think it was Final Fantasy VIII. I forgot my memory card so we played the entirety of Final Fantasy 8 without uh stopping and that was a fucking fun journey. <laughs> oh my god, that would that would be. I um what was it? I think I think it was um not too long ago 
when I first played Alien Isolation and I realized that there's a lot of old school horror game tropes in there because you remember in the older games where it wouldn't like give you like a hint system. It would tell you what you had to find and you had to spend that part of the game just trying to explore to find that one piece or you couldn't leave that area. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do and I don't like it when horror games do that for the simple fact that like my my brain will get I'll get jump scared, forget what I'm supposed to be looking for. And then I'm just stuck in flight mode. I got to escape. Yeah, and then I it's die. The anxiety, it's the anxiety of it. And that's, well, what, I, I that's think, what I love. Well, I think that's where it really comes into a matter of like, how well is the game designed? And, you know, if the area that you're in is for the most part, like readable, and you can have like a general sense where you have to go, what you have to do. And the game doesn't really need to give you a whole, Here's a guideline, go find out, like, kind of just like in isolation. I think it works because you know there's something out there that creates that bit of tension. In terms of games that take away the player's ability to fight, I think Alien Isolation is a nice mix between you can fight certain enemies, but certain Mm -hmm. ones you just have to run away for or play it smart. And I think that keeps like a happy medium. You get some resource management in there. Oh, yeah. stalking enemy that you can't defeat and you have to run from but you do get those little moments of when do i fight back and when do i don't yeah Yeah. i was saying you do get weapons later on it's that reward system for doing so well without it um which i thought they'd handle that really well whereas like your amnesias uh outlasts and games like that that you're unable to do anything against it i like that mechanic but I also that it really depends on the game situation. I feel like Outlast and Amnesia did it very, very well. But this is yeah. where Irish disagrees with me. Yeah, no, like, dude, I've got like a whole spiel to go on here. So by all means, you say everything you want, and I'll like chime <laughs> in at the end. All right, no worries. So like, what I love about it is that because it, it forces you to explore, and you right. know something's after you. Like, uh, for instance, uh, in Amnesia. There are times where you can see the monster. There are times where you can't see the monster. And I like when you can, both situations, because then it keeps you on your edge where you have to move fast. The rinse and repeat to learn. It's like, and another way is like, you know, beating a boss over and over in Dark Souls or trying to and dying over and over. And you get that victory after the trial and error. That's what I love about it. uh, One thing I do... Uh, real quick before uh, Irish before Irish goes on to spiel, um, one thing that I did like about Amnesia was this, I, I'm a sucker for psychological horror. So like the the scenes where like the monster would be coming towards you and you like got to the end of where you were supposed to go and then you couldn't go any further and then it would reach out to grab you and then just and you're like mm-hmm. oh. that that yeah, I, that, that made me like well. that game. I mean, like, I'll give it credit in the sense that it at least has like a built in mechanic of like, oh, don't look at the monster. It's going to drain your sanity. So you have to hide there without also looking now. Like, like for me, again, that's still double edged because, you know, it's nice and you have to manage your sanity. But at the same time, all it really is, is just like adding, attacking on another mechanic of something you have to manage. And also like, don't look at the model. Don't look at the character. Don't look at the monster. And I'm like. It's not that scary though, but it's like, ooh, but the game will penalize you for it. No, I, I get but, it. Uh, I, I, I yeah. fully mechanically speaking, I, I see your problem with that. I do. Yeah. Fair. But in terms of overall, now by all means, jump in and cut me off because here I go. This is why you, this <laughs> oh why you guys invited me. Exactly. <laughs> no, but, but talking strictly about mechanics in a video game of what makes a good horror game, in my opinion. I think it is the ability to fight back. 
but it has to be whether it's either resource management or even if ammo is plentiful i think it's about where you pick and choose your moments because i don't think removing a player's ability to fight is what actually makes a game scary i come at the mindset that it kind of makes it tedious now i've played through all of amnesia outlast one and two so i've gone through them and i know that these games rely on atmosphere and like their gory visuals which i'll admit in terms are really well done but that really only carries it so far like yeah, that's why those aren't like really long games because they know there's only so much you can do it's not yeah. like it's trying to be um a full like 12 hour playthrough that way like alien isolation can take from that trial and error well alien i think it does better but i'm sorry to say but like at its core amnesia is a slog of fetch quests it is no yeah yeah it like, really is and uh, as soon yeah, as you I notice that pattern like for me yeah, the entire immersion breaks and in, in my head this is how i break it down it's like okay i now need to get an item that's through three rooms away one of two things are going to happen on my way to get this item one the game's going to try and jump scare me with noises or a book is going to fall or a candle's going to blow up fucking you know whatever it's very two, scripted yeah a monster is going to be roaming I need I need to avoid that monster or try to hide for them. And then depending on how well that monster can see, it may or may not see me. And a monster that didn't see me in one room can now see me in the, you know, it's, it kind of gets up in the air sometimes or bullshit. But, uh, you know. Just a build up of anticipation at that point. Yeah. No, I know. And I so totally like, understand it. It's, it's yeah. from where you're coming from is like the same way how I feel about with like the Five Nets of Freddy's. When I played the uh, Help Wanted for the VR, I felt like really made me enjoy the Five Nights at Freddy's. But like playing the game itself is like boring as hell because it's just jump scare mechanic and almost scripted. Yeah. Like, well, that's it. I mean, like you finally yeah, get to the MacGuffin or whatever it is you have to collect. And then what happens? Oh, a monster spawns. OK, now I have to run away from and hide. Rinse and repeat. <laughs> like, yeah, but that can be also I, a lot of games, to be fair. Mm. I know, but at the same time, like at least those other games, you have like some way of interacting, or you can do something to the monster. In Amnesia, you've got like nothing. You run, yeah. you hide. If you get spotted, you're fucked. Like yeah. in other ones, you might be able to distract or throw something somewhere. Nah. So, yeah. See, that's I the felt exact that same way about Outlast. Visage. No? I felt that I felt that way about Outlast Two and Visage because, like, on in Visage, if you stay in the dark too long, it drains your sanity and it drains fast. So you've got like maximum real time five minutes of gameplay in the dark, whereas in the game you've got like I think it equates out to like an hour, quote unquote, in the game. But you like your countdown starts as soon as you step foot in the dark, and then something will come out and kill you. There's like no way to stop it. There's no like oh, let me just hide. It's just instant death. And I'm like, okay, that's annoying. Like, I do appreciate that the games, like like I said, they bring in that sanity meter or you can only hide for so long because they're trying to, you know, mix it up enough that, you know, can I hide this time or do I have to keep moving? But I always feel like that just becomes more like a chore to manage or a hindrance of gameplay as opposed to anything meaningful. You know, oh, that's yeah. Fair. yeah, no, I would say an example I can use that like really goes against that whole like what I like about it was um, the Call of Cthulhu. I was like really excited for that game, and it felt very, as, as we're describing that 
annoyance because it's just the same rinse and repeat stuff or like oh yeah. scripted monster fight that you're prepared for because it's already or before you even get to there it's already like you can hide in here don't forget <laughs> i um when when i played through call of cthulhu that was uh actually it it really got it there was there were certain points where it actually like really got me and then other times where i was like okay you know well like, i feel like the lore that they have from you know the lovecraftian stories and stuff like that is really really good but like fair. the game itself and there was really no scary scenes other than like towards the end when like you yeah. see the eye like that part was actually like really like nerve-wracking but other than that yeah it was uh <laughs> there was like no real reward system in that game it was either you come out war like, was really all it was for me yeah <laughs> that's fair when i uh, the fishtown village was like the worst place for me when you actually like when the people oh. actually start like coming out and showing their true colors and everything like that i was like okay so he was in on it he knew about it that person did this and then like they're like oh so do you want to summon cthulhu and i'm like no no i do not <laughs> fair enough but uh <laughs> yeah so i mean like that can happen but then you have other games that try to avoid the whole sit and wait kind of thing which is to okay. go back to just outlast again as they make you do the the chase sequences and i know there's like several scripted chases and outlasts but the, uh, i little find the guy kind of yeah or they, i feel like the pig guy even in whistleblower that one specifically stands out to me yeah, um, yeah whistleblower deals it, that was a whole lot of running in that one yeah, it's they fall issue to the the idea of the chase corridor. They need to be readable. If at any point you're doing this big thrilling chase and you can't immediately see where you have to go, it kind of you get captured or killed, and that kind of kills the horror of it. Or that's immersion breaking. But then again, if you make it too fucking easy, your character is then never in any real danger. danger. Yeah. yeah. And then you have to replay a section two to three times because you don't know where to go or you don't know what you have to do to escape. Or, you know, you immediately get to the end. You're like, okay, uh, whatever. I can look around and look at him coming at me. But, but um, so that's why I think like those things can work, but it needs to be really well designed. <laughs> yeah, but I that's... find that most people don't design them very well. And I'm going to finish this off now. But again, I'm going back to Outlast. So there's a scene where you're running from was it Eddie? Isn't it the guy who wants a wife? Yes, uh, I think it was yes. yeah. the groom. The groom. Yes, that was the cool. groom. That's his name. Sorry, yeah, yeah. And you're running down a corridor, and it's the exact same scenario. Run into room. You have to close the door. Then you have to push something in front of the door. Then you run into the next room to close the door to push something in front of the door. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that's the entire chase. And I remember, okay, but what if I just run for it? You can't because you have to push something out of the way to get in. So you you have no freedom to say, okay, I'll run through this door because I know this one's real open, but I'll block that door. No, it's like, okay, go in, close, block, move, open, close, block. <laughs> and that's the entire fucking chase. So like, you're not even allowed to think like taking risks. It's like, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. I, I didn't block that door, but he's getting too close and I can make this. No, it's just... You're not That's running how- for your life. You're, you're 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 doing fucking chores. I don't come off as <laughs> I don't want to come off as like nothing scares me. I'm a badass, but it's like no, that no. style of gameplay. I find like boring, not engaged. I'm like, what's going to happen? He's going to catch me, and I'll just have to start pushing boxes again for the next like two three minutes <laughs> until like, I see uh... the the correct door to to get out of. You know, and that's right. Yeah. So I, 
I felt like that towards the set uh, towards the second half of Alien Isolation because I felt it was more of a gather this item to get to the next step or to do this next part chore because when you're stuck in the medical bay and you have to like go opposite side of the alien to get to get the item but then when you get to that side the alien climbs out of the vent and just stands there for like five minutes because it knows you're there and then it moves away and then comes back again you're like I literally just moved from under this table to under that table. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, yeah. I can see the item. Just let me grab the item. Let me just run for it. And then when you go to run for it, it's just, it cut, you can hear it come up behind you. You just hear the ting, 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 ting. And then grabs you and turns you around and just punches a hole in your face with its tongue. And you're like, ah, ha, ha, I got to do that all over again. Because there's no save point. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say like one of my, uh, uh, from that topic like for a uh, topic i do like or a thing i do like in horror games is the risk reward like i go back to one that i used to abuse a lot was in the original resident evil 3 there uh whenever nemesis came out you can down him and get a part for matilda um i would back in the day just like always remember how to do all that uh that i like that risk reward system uh where you have to do something to get something in return Mm-hmm. That's a mechanic that I really, really like. Or uh, like with the newer Resident Evils, uh, uh, with the collecting of the treasures, especially in 4, uh, they make it more unique in that you can put whatever gems, the multiples, and it's like a bonus. Because I don't remember them doing that in the original one. Did they do that, Irish? I don't remember. Yeah, if you're if you're getting... Oh, wait, no, not that. You wouldn't get a... A, a, a multiple bonus, a right? combo bonus. Yeah. What you'd get is basically like you'd have like the gems being of the more expensive quality. But if you put like two of the same color in, you wouldn't get a... A bonus. You know, it, yeah, which is a bit of a shame. But I think it's a nice little addition as to like, you know, weaker gems actually have a purpose. You know, yeah. it's not... You're suddenly grinding for yellow. It's like, oh, I'll hang on to this item because I can get a yellow... Uh, gem two missions. I was like, no, no, you can actually get a multiplier. So yeah. I think they improved okay. on some of the older systems. That's fair. Mm-hmm. One uh, speaking of speaking of Resident Evils, I actually really enjoyed number seven because um, that was my mm-hmm. third. That was the third. That's the third one that I've ever played because I I played either oh two, three, and four, the whole or three, four, and five. <laughs> Oh, I've I've watched other my friends have played the other the the whole series. You gotta like, so I, I, experience the campiness, especially in the fucking <laughs> Wii ones, Umbrella Chronicles and Darkseid Chronicles. Come on, I've never <laughs> I, played those. Oh my I, god, you miss out. <laughs> I I I yeah. personally I suck at resource management because like I'm like oh yeah I can definitely get a headshot on this zombie and I aim in and I'm like pow that was to the left pow that was to the right and it just goes like, as it's like slowly just walking towards me down the hallway. Mm-hmm. It's not even dodging. And then I'm like, right when it gets right up to me, I've used, I've already used like 10 shots of the 20 bullets that I had. And I'm like, pow, got him. <laughs> Shit. Ah, let me go yeah. get more bullets. But yeah, like I, um, I really Sounds enjoyed the risk reward game that I enjoy. <laughs> but and, uh, I, I think those games work really well. Like my first ever Resident Evil game uh, it, it was four, but I think I only got into it like 2017. I picked it up on Steam because I was like, oh, wow, I finally want to get around to actually playing these games. And I really, really enjoyed four. The first game that I ever streamed fucking three years ago 
uh, was Resident Evil 1 because it was on Steam and it was completely different. And I think it still might be, it's definitely my top three favorite of the of the franchise as it's it's that proper retro console <laughs> puzzle horror game but at the same time like it's a little bit modern enough that it still holds up uh, i really really yeah, liked that, it but again Evil uh, one remake was made back on the gamecube <laughs> yeah yeah no, that was like what 2004 2000 yeah Read 2003, yeah, something like that, yeah, and it holds up really well. Uh, I it's one of my faves, and then that made me go on and play all the remainder of the series. And I've played all mainline games, I haven't played the original two and three, but I've played everything else. I know I want to get around to playing them at some points, but what was uh, the one that like was universally hated aside from like parts of eight? Was it six? Uh, if we're talking, if we're talking main storyline six, if we're talking overall, I think actually it's, uh, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Resident Evil Six was my first ever uh, Resident Evil game. Sorry, I played that when it came out on 360, and then I remember, it's like, oh, I want to get back into the series, and then I played four in 2000 in, in 2017. Yeah, that's what. It was. <laughs> Yeah, but um, so Resident Evil Six is oh my god, so bad. Yeah, I know. I I, I can't I, wait for them to remake that. Oh, um. I, I think I, that's exactly like those those style games like Resident Evil, Animal Wake, Left 4 Dead, those things. Like it's nostalgia, definitely, but I think those games work because they create a sense of tension with the gunplay and the atmosphere. It's like, yeah, I've got a revolver, but these fuckers keep coming, and I've only got so much ammo. So, like, is this the room that we're going to stand and fight in, or is this the room that I need to run from? However, I think something big is coming. So, am I going to risk potentially getting damaged? And then I'm like, you know, I have to worry about my health in this boss fight. And is that going to make me reload? Like, I just start taking them out. And then hopefully I have enough to get through the boss. And like, I think when you're playing all these like 50 scenarios in your head and the zombie is still coming at you, like, that's that tension is what really, really makes a good game because you're genuinely immersed. You are stressed. You are tense. You care about your your choices. Like, do I brave this area this time or do I shoot the gun? And even if you die and you have to be reset, you're still thinking like, well, fuck, okay, I have to get through this area still. So like, do I swap tactics? You never feel, okay, right, okay, I have to go back. I have to push the thing in front of the door and lock the door and run to the other end and push the game. You know, it's, it's you like every choice now has the, the chance of being moved on to something else. Like, don't tell me, like, you know, when you're running through an area trying to avoid the zombies and then you finally get grabbed, you have that, oh, shit moments and you try to fight i'll wrap this up very briefly but even just in other games outside of resident evil alan wake one of my all-time favorite games yeah, good game. Like good game. Years later, I, knew, I knew the sequel was coming out yeah um i think it comes out next I year i remember yeah believe me i'll be first to buy it uh, <laughs> I, I remember one memory that i have of that game on xbox i was overrun by enemies I was low on ammo and I just started running. Now, Alan can run for a little bit. He's not like a shitty sprint, but you can hear right. him get tired. And I saw a safe haven up ahead. So it's basically a massive street light for anyone who doesn't know. In Alan Wake, enemies are weak to light. They're like people who are possessed by a darkness. So I'm like, I'm low on health. Stand in the street light, you get help back. So I'm sprinting for it. I'm like, fuck all of you. I'm going to live. Don't care if I have ammo. You get to it the light actually, like the bulb explodes because the evil presence <laughs> is chasing. And I thought, oh, 
and I had to keep sprinting away. I, I'll never. That memory has. It's like a core memory that has stuck with me. That you know, oh shit moment. I was I so that. sure I, I was going to be safe. You remember that scene, dude? Yeah. I was so sure I was going to be safe. And then the I'd, fucking streetlight cuts out the moment you get to it. <laughs> I just remember sprinting and freaking out. I didn't make it past the light bulb blowing out because like I would turn shoot back up a little bit, turn shoot back up a little bit. And then like, I don't yeah. know what in my brain told me, hey, stupid, they're weak to the light. Go to the streetlight. I was like, OK, so I book it to the streetlight and make it to the streetlight. As soon as I do, it cuts out. And right when it cuts out, the horde that was just following me just jumps on top of me and I'm just like, ah, yeah, that was it. Like I was uh, in my head. I was thinking like, I'll just stand in here. They can't get to me. They'll throw axes at me, but I'll just die. Nope. <laughs> you, <laughs> ah, you thought you thought you, you stuck a game. I was like, oh no. Yeah. You thought the light was a <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not Batman. That. Leave me alone, Bane. <laughs> but that game was fantastic. Yeah. So, I know most people probably think, oh, give a guy a gun and it's not scary, but I think it's the exact opposite because now you have all these more responsibilities to do with and they genuinely feed into your survival. Like there's certain games that you can go back through and you can choose. You don't even have to fire a gun. You're just going to try and like run around the enemies. There's even speed runs that people do of that kind of kind. That's its own kind of horror to learn as well. And I think that can be... Oh, a lot of fun atrocious i like i oh, i tried to i tried to speed run seven i tr- i tried mm-hmm. and i failed not only miserably but gloriously miserably because i got to i got past papa i got past the dad and then i got to mama and i was like this is like my second or third time playing it i can't remember but when i got to her the first thing i did was I went to check my resources because I knew I had to get the flamethrower, get be able to beat her and all that fun stuff. But when I went to check my propane tanks, I forgot I had upped the difficulty, which limits the amount of resources that you then get. Because I was uh, I was playing yeah. on medium, and then I turned it to yeah. hard. So in that section, instead of me getting three canisters of the uh, the flame the for the flamethrower, I, I only got one. I was like, yeah. no. I do like when uh, some some horror games do it that way, but I also hate when they do the uh, Resident Evil and like Dead Space, where it's like it doesn't matter what firearms you're carrying; it doesn't give you to what you're carrying. It just still consistently gives you like one of everything when you're not even using it. I hate Fair. when it does that. I do too. Like, yeah, like if I'm trying to do like the plasma only run on Dead Space, and I'm still picking up liner ammo rack ammo, it's like, dude, just fucking why? I'm not even using these. Get this out of my face. There's there's yeah, some remember, people that mod it for that. They, uh, mm-hmm. I know, I know they run mods for it and stuff like that. So that way they can have like that one specific ammo. So they they can do that one specific type of run. I think I've seen you do it with uh, um, Dark Souls. I want to say. Oh, it's like almost like a randomizer mod. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I think like that that can be like a nice thing to do. Like that harkens back. To, that harkens back to me for like the old um, retro FPS games, like. Duke or uh, yeah. Doom, and you get like a big ammo bag, and that's like a fuck ton of bullets all at once. Yeah. Whereas you're still using it. It's like even then, that kind of pushes a little bit of gun variety. You don't just stick to the one weapon the whole time. It's like, Fair. oh, I just suddenly got a lot of plasma rifle ammo. 
well, there is a cyber demon over there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. like whereas before, like you could, you're probably like stacked on fucking super shotgun shells, and you're like, yeah, that fucker's going down. But like, mix it up because they did give it to me, and then everyone else is going to get super shotguns. So, you know, yeah. like but I know when you're doing a run specific, really fucking annoyed when that keeps yeah happening to. You. It, it's so uh, frustrating. It is so frustrating. On honestly, uh, if I were to say my 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 favorite horror game that uh, has to be what has come out in recent years is the team that made uh until dawn they've made man and Medan, uh oh Little hope they're good they're good. oh that dark now. dark picture studios yes yeah. what, what I, isn't, that, isn't that their name yeah i think so uh, yeah. yeah i i love that style of gameplay because it's not only like a resource management for some it's also a uh, a choice of like, oh, if I make this choice now, this is going to affect me later on. Their choice games done right. Like the only other yes. one that I really yeah. liked was like uh, Telltale's uh, was the other one I remember really doing those uh, pick and choose your adventures was the Wolf Among Us was my favorite variation of that one. Yeah, Wolf Among Us is probably the best of the of the bunch. Yeah. But uh, no, I agree. I really liked um, the dark pictures anthology things is i i played them with a friend as those are actually co-op games yeah, yeah. So you can make you can have a team of four independent, and you can have a team of four and i thought that's actually unique like you now not only have to go okay i'll pick option one this time and then i'll come back on my second playthrough and pick option two you can have each person making their own individual choices for certain characters so you have a lot of who are you playing like i i thought that that really mixed up the the formula yeah you know but also like well i mean it's it's still a choice game so it's limited but like there's enough variety and you know you got a bit of star power like will poulter in um the the witch one with the town of salem like that was little hope yeah i like that one yeah, that one was fun. I I enjoyed Little Hope because it was, it was like um, no spoilers, but it was a lot of psychological in that one, and um, I really enjoy I really enjoyed the psychological aspect of it as as well as like if I don't make the right choice at the right time, this person's gonna die, and then I can't have this happen, which leads me to this ending or this scene where this happens and then I miss out on this part of the story. I was like, I was sweating bullets on little hope because, uh, the only one that I haven't had an entire, my entire team survive on was the recent one. And that was the devil in me. Um, that one, that one, they changed up, they changed up a lot with this one and I really enjoyed it. I would be glad to play it again with friends because I played it solo both times. And the first time only, two people from the team survived second time everybody survived um so i like i legit like went through and wrote down what choices to make when to make them <laughs> like on, on this scene this person has to choose option a in order to get to this and if i mess it up i would go back and redo it yeah. i think i still have the playthrough somewhere of that and i i like that because in that one you have a little bit of resource management along with um each player has a different skill that allows you to do something. So if you, if you make the wrong choice, you miss out on that skill later. Like one guy's a lock pick. Uh, another lady's like really good with technology. Um, another yeah, guy has a flashlight. So the, the, the characters that you save can actually progress or unlock different parts of the story. So 
the, mm-hmm. that's something I actually really liked that about the games is that, you know, you're no longer just trying to herd your collection of sheep. You actually have a reason to keep them alive. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't mesh well with that character's story, they could still be useful for the characters that you care about. And I thought that was an interesting way to kind of get around the whole yeah, I don't give a fuck if this character dies. I don't like them. Fuck them. Yeah. Like they complain they complain about every fucking choice. I'm like, yeah. However, <laughs> they're the one who can lockpick and you're like, fucking son of a bitch. You know, like <laughs> I want him to die, but I need him. Yeah, that uh, that's where I think that level of design and balance comes in very well. Yeah. If you can't make a character likable, make them useful. Yeah. You know, I, I firmly believe in that. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. I feel like gonna, that, uh, that reminds me of like uh, the Resident Evil Outbreak series where certain characters have certain abilities and or like healed better or blah, 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 blah. But God, I hated those games. I hate I hate it when especially when you're trying to do it alone. But like then you have like CPUs controlling them. It's the worst. Yeah. I'm going to uh, change gears for a moment to kind of go back to that idea of not being able to defend yourself. But I'm going to mention a game that I think does it really well have either of you played at dead of night yes no okay well to fill it into you miss so very briefly it's a f- it's a basically live action blended with some uh, visual and gameplay elements the idea mm-hmm. is that you're with a bunch of friends and you're staying at this remote hotel and the owner of the hotel has a split personality and he goes insane one night and he basically locks up everybody and he's trying to kill you. You are trying to free your friends while also uncovering some of the mysteries of the hotel. It's a great And game. he stalks you and chases you around the, uh, the, the hotel. hotel. Everything is first person. So basically, just imagine like you step out of the elevator. You click on your screen whether you want to go left or right, and that's how you navigate the entire oh, game. Okay. It's, it's like it's, a it's, King's it's, Quest. Um, yeah, it's a very yeah. limited sense of control. But it's done extremely well because the sound is such a brilliant aspect of the game. Oh, like, um, I, I love when like audio cues and horror games are like. Oh, you'll love this game. Very helpful. You, you, you'd absolutely love it. So oh, yeah. there's no music, but the idea is that, uh, ironically, the character's name is Jimmy. So not to be confused with the Jimmy currently right now. But um, <laughs> not me. Not me. <laughs> he, yeah, but he he moves up and down different floors stalking mm-hmm. for you the idea is that you don't really get chased or jump scared he lies in wait for you but you can yeah. kind of tell so he can he, he'll make comments or he'll say things like where are you or something like that and depending on how far away or how close that is tells you where he is approximately to you you can go into different hotel rooms and hide mm-hmm. you can look through the keyhole and wait for him to pass by maybe he's going to try and come into the wood and you have to hide in the room it's good you can see his shadow on the ground sometimes if he's waiting behind a corner yeah it's only if you move forward that he will like jump out and attack you and then you get there's reset. only one type of defense in that game too it's where if you hide in one of the uh wardrobes He'll come into the room real quick and then he'll make it sound like he left and then he'll go into the bathroom. If you have the key to that room, you can run out of that room, turn around, lock the door real quick. And that gives you five minutes of grace, uh, depending on how on the difficulty you played on. It gives you five, five minutes, five to ten minutes of grace before, you, before he gets out of it. 
because he does have a master key in his possession. Yeah. So like there's so much assault. It's the sound of him stalking you informs the gameplay choices that you make. If you mm-hmm. hear absolutely nothing, he's on a different floor. Go around, do whatever the fuck you want. But if you hear him, you're not in any immediate danger. He could be on he could be in the east wing and you're in the west wing of whatever floor. But you at least know he's there. Yeah. You can click to shout out and call out to him and he'll answer you. And you know, like that could alert him to where you are. And so it's good. But there's uh, also to, to continue another hint. About, there's a there's another hint. Uh and I didn't catch this until much later in my first playthrough, is that if you see his vision, like the vision of Jimmy kind of blurred, he's not on your floor when you look into a mirror. And then if yeah, you I'll see him to, kind to of like glitching towards you and like attacking you, that means he's on that floor or he's near. Oh. But uh, yeah, so what Jimmy mentioned there about Jimmy. Can you want about this idea of brilliant sound design? Is that to uncover and find your friends and learn more about it, you start to find ghosts around the hotel and they're all connected to his past or people he's hurt in some way. Mm-hmm. And you get what looks like a really old walkie-talkie from like the 1910 it's like a gramophone-esque style thing when you click into it it's big it's clunky when you click into it it's got like that real old scratchy 1920s staticky (laughs) vinyl-esque gramophone sound it's it's fucking great so all the characters voices come through you use that to communicate with the ghosts so it's like a mystery puzzle with horror games and he's constantly chasing you so you would, you would absolutely love I'll, this game. Miss. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. You get like a little mirror, and the idea is that if you don't know where to go next, go into a dark place, use the mirror. It kind of like shows you a vision of what to do. That alerts him though. Yeah. So he now knows where you are and he's gonna come find you. So the sound of the visions, they're ethereal and really cool, but it alerts him to come and hunt you. So once again, like sound influences the gameplay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like the kill is a jump scare because like he jumps out and hits you, but it's never bam <laughs> cheap. <laughs> yeah, it's not like cheap horror. It's built up with this tension or you feel like he's kind of finally enclosed on you. Whereas yeah. just like, you know, oh, maybe he'll be around this corner 50-50 chance. Whereas like, no, I've actually done enough things to have like a real threat. Genuine, anyway, yeah. Yeah, but uh, it's really good. The design in that is great for sound. So I think something you'd really you'd, you'd enjoy. Like yeah, yeah. And, uh, one one thing that I actually really did like about that game because I I just bought it on a whim. I was like, oh, this looks. I, I've I've seen somebody else play play bits and pieces of this. Markiplier played it. And I was like, you know what? I I want to oh, play he? it. Yeah, he did. Um, he 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 uh, he locked himself in one of the because uh, there's only two floors in the early part of the game that Jimmy can't go on. That's the basement and the first floor. He goes on floors three or uh, two, three and four. Um, but you have to discover uh, the stories on each one of the floors. So you have to travel up and down. So Jimmy travels with you up and down. And the one place that I hated going was the top floor because it's real confined. You only have two places that you can actually go in that in that game and they're both connected by one room if you can find the key that connects those rooms 
and um that's really those those segments of the hotel and that's really the only way you can like kind of get away from jimmy is because you can just turn tail and run away from him but you got to be smart about how you do it because if you do it wrong you're going to end up behind him and then you're stuck because once he figures out oh she's not this way she's he's going to backpedal and come back that way so you have to yeah you the have ai to, can play into it a bit so that's a it can get frustrating but, um, but it's a, it's a fantastic game and it's all about audio cues listening in planning out properly because there's uh no items that you really have to manage because there's not that like you don't really have any type of defense like irish said you just kind of yeah. so that's that comes back into that idea i think again of like you're defenseless mm-hmm. but it's relatively done well yeah it really but, is uh, but uh, talking still about sound, I'm going to hit you with another random one. Have you ever ever heard of a game called Betrayer? Betrayer. I've heard of it. Name sounds. Yeah, name sounds. Right. I I won't dwell on it too long. But it's a simple yeah. indie game. But the idea is that you, you're on like the American frontier, that type of time period. Right. Uh, the game is done in black and white, but certain points of interest are highlighted in red. You wake up, you're injured, and you have to follow this woman in a red cloak. You are going kind of through Native America, but you fight possessed conquistadors. Oh, wow. The game has absolutely no music. It's just all sound. And you hear the wind blowing and the growls of the otherworldly enemies. It's not really a scary game but it fills you with a real sense of tension and dread it doesn't take too long to play like you can get a gun or you can get a bow and you can use both and you just kill x-men of enemies but it's also kind of like a puzzle thing like each level is a fort you have to get through Hmm. there's ghosts that haunt us you can change back and forth between like the spirit realm and the normal realm you might have to go like five levels ahead to get a shovel to come back to the first area to dig up one thing to complete a mystery so there's a little <laughs> back and forth between it it works well right but uh it's only like a couple of hours long but the sound has struck with has stuck with me for all these years later like the the noise of the soldiers the wind blowing as the branches shaking the sound of their like iron armor rattling or you can hear their guns and uh crossbows on them it's it's that. something that i don't know why like and all of a sudden if they see you they charge you and it's not scary but it really is panic inducing and there's a real sense of dread it's like it's just a normal guy all i have to do is shoot him with the fucking gun but you have this thing and like just starts running at you you're like fuck that <laughs> which, which you can't because you know like yeah you have, a, you have a flintlock pistol but um <laughs> but yeah no it's it's really well uh hold on i played it how many years ago i'm gonna check how much it is now on steam just because if anyone's curious I was getting ready to ask if it was on steam oh it's on steam yeah yeah i okay. played it. it's uh oh it's no longer available on the steam store ah <laughs> lame wow that's wow. sad. Why did it get taken off? 
Huh. That sucks. Uh, I'm, okay, well, I'll let you guys jump onto something else. I'm going to Google as to why that shit was removed. <laughs> wow. Uh, oh, that's a shame, because it was really, really fun. <laughs> you know, I, one one aspect of all horror games that I've seen to notice is kind of become an overused, uh, I'll say overused trope, for uh, lack of a better word, is I like horror games. I like puzzle games. I like horror puzzle games, don't get me wrong. But it seems like every time that they come out with a new horror game, it's a puzzler. And, you know, I like as much as I like that, I'd like to see something. It's else. a standard. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I, I've noticed that too. Um, like with a lot of the indie ones and stuff. I mean, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with it. it it's no. just, it does get repetitive. I'm, I'm all for puzzles, but I'm also like the smooth brain who like can't do puzzles <laughs> very well. And a puzzle that always stands out to me that makes me like absolutely hate puzzles in horror games is still the Zodiac puzzle from Silent Hill 1 because that shit was oh, super yeah. fucking annoying. It was. Because you, you had to remember like a certain sequence that you only see like one time yeah it, it's it's ridiculous and it's I mean, so but again i wasn't paying attention i was just in it to be scared i didn't pay attention to the story for the longest time until like years later uh but that that whole thing fucking sucked <laughs> there's uh there's actually two uh recent relatively recent um action horror games that i've come to really enjoy uh the first one is called bigfoot it's literally you're in the woods hunting hunting bigfoot, bigfoot. you're trying you're yeah. trying to kill bigfoot and it's actually kind of hard uh, because you have uh, resource management that you have to do. You have items that you have to use in certain points to help you track Bigfoot and all that fun stuff. And it can it can jump scare the shit out of you. And the only thing you have to know where Bigfoot is is you'll hear stomping coming towards you. And he'll run at you like a friggin' like a big ass rugby player or a big ass linebacker from like an NFL team and just yeah, smack no, you. Uh- I was gonna say that I played one like that, but it was uh, the Windigo, and yeah. um, that one I I know like the lore behind the Windigo and stuff, so I wasn't expecting it to um, fully mimicate things in or like be a mimic in the world. So like when I was hunting it, there's a spot I remember very specifically where I heard the dog barking. I saw, oh, there's the dog again, and then I was like, okay, tracking, and it had the arrow on the dog. I was like, what the fuck? And the moment I took a step forward and it fucking lunged at me, I swear to God, the way I fucking screamed. <laughs> 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 that 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 is the moment that you knew you should have worn the brown pants oh dude yeah. i i fucking oh it got me so good <laughs> the uh the other one that i was going to mention is a game called uh ghostwire tokyo i actually really i heard, enjoy I heard that game. mixed things about that game i haven't seen much on it though but it, it looked interesting it had an interesting concept um basic or uh, basic synopsis of it is you're a resident within the shibuya i believe it's the shibuya district of tokyo um they tell you which district it is and while you're living there something happens to where you gain supernatural powers and then all the people that are were living in that area of tokyo become um become either ghosts or they become something else where you're no longer on the same plane of existence and everyone's trying to collect human souls in order to power up an evil entity and your job is to defeat as many entities as you can in order to um in order to you know beat the game but the thing that actually really made me buy this game was it had one of my favorite urban legends that i heard when i was uh when i actually visited tokyo it was called the slit mouth woman and what she is um she's a relatively uh slender female with really pretty features 
and she wears a face mask like the kind that we did during the pandemic and uh she'll ask you am i pretty if you answer yes she'll take the mask off revealing that she has a slit from the corners of her mouth going up towards her towards the back of her jaw and then she'll ask you again am i still pretty if she, if you answer yes she then makes you uh she then gives you scars similar to hers and if you say no, she kills you on the spot. So there's no real like definitive way you're supposed to answer the question. And I seen one of the ghosts in the game was her. And I was like, man, this is awesome. But it's also like kind of a, a semi open world uh, exploration of like Japan and lore and stuff like that, because each ghost has like a, a different name than you would expect it. This wouldn't be like the like. Um, I would say kind of like. As much as I loved them, the uh, what was it, um, zombie game that Valve produced, uh, Left for Dead. Left for Dead. Thank <laughs> you. I was, gonna yes. say I, was I was really checking. I was, I was like, is there some other zombie game that Valve produced? I'm like, it's gonna be Left for Dead. It's Left for Dead, right? Left for Dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. it's I was. Uh, it's not like the naming <laughs> scheme of that. For a loop there. I was, I was like, there's another zombie game by Valve. What could it be? Yeah. That's why I said the zombie game that Valve produced. Put <laughs> <laughs> me for a loop there for a sec. Yeah. But like, yeah, like they, like how they have the naming schemes for him, like the smoker, the liquor, the spitter, the tank, mm-hmm. the jockey. It, it like it's they they're like the Ghostwire Tokyo actually has like different names for different ghosts and stuff like that. I, I like I just enjoy it for like the lore aspect, the visuals, the sound, the fact that it's like an it's it's not so much just a simple horror game. It's an action horror game. I'd love to see more like that. That's fair. Uh, one game that I like where you're technically defenseless, but not uh, like mechanically how it works is um, Fatal Frame. Oh, yeah, that, that's that's a very good one for me because uh, it is truly terrifying to know like how close they are or how to like even get near them. <laughs> Especially when like it's like the same thing with Clock Tower, how there's like certain enemies you're not even allowed to fight or you don't have a special way to defend yourself. Yeah. It, it's. That that again for me that risk and reward for exploring and like risking like sanity or risking um resources. Help. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I I, I, I do like that. enjoy that. Well that's another one where like risk and reward comes in well is um the forest games. Yeah. There, I'm gonna yeah. talk about briefly is um I'm sure like anyone listening to this probably knows all about the first forest game. It was massive, it was everywhere, it was mm-hmm a mess of a game that somehow got increasingly popular and i mean fair play i mean it's enjoyable but at the same time like when you really start to to look at it you'll notice that game's a fucking mess like i it only is. found this out the other day well i say a day like about a couple of weeks ago i was like did you know the caves in that game are upside down huh when when you get okay so spoiler for anybody else but like there's a section where you have to go to like the final cave which right Technically, if you place the caves on top of the map, you should be following a cave up, and that leads you into the mountains, which is where you find a secret base and the rest of the story takes place in there. No, actually, if you have the compass out and you follow your way to where that end door is, you actually go south. You go to the bottom of the island. If you look at both maps and you overlay them... (laughs) Wow. They fucking put the cave map in upside down. Everything should be everything that should be going north points to the south and vice versa. 
So the wow. game level itself doesn't even make sense. That's funny. That is funny. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't believe. It. So it's a. It's a mess of a game. But like the idea of like being alone, it's a base builder. You've got cannibals, resource management. You know, why the fuck would I ever go down to this god awful cave with all these monsters? Well, you're either going to get an item that progresses the story. Maybe you're going to get a bit of lore or maybe you're going to get a new weapon. There was a nice sense of risk and reward. But the the second game, I feel the uh, the off chance again that, you know, you know, firsthand, like when you're playing with friends, (laughs) it can go into even shitter show. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I was about to say. But then the second game, I feel like it's definitely done that a lot better as in, you know, you can actually get a gun instead of just relying on a fucking bow the entire time. And oh, let's go off and fucking find rocks for 10 minutes. No, like it works. But then co-op is actually far better implemented you can have a great time or a fucking unbearable stress <laughs> fest with friends like, we've all played this game together we and have. like the base building mechanics is a lot of fun until they decide to update the mechanics at one point like i'm sure you both remember you were helping or watching me i had to rip apart our entire house and rebuild mm-hmm. it from the ground oh up that was God, like 300 yeah. fucking cut trees but at the same time that process was so much easier rather than just you know cut down tree chop it. we got that rope gun we went into a cave we got it we can actually put logs on it and use and it like a zip line. It. so, like the, so they, they're a zipline they are my travel so your collection is actually a loss smoother so there's mm-hmm. things like that you can obviously get more powerful weapons you can Guess certain things to customize on Toronto. I think they're not perfect, and they're these are early access games that keep getting changed and upgraded. But I think they're a nice sense of risk versus reward. You're not yeah. completely defenseless, but there's some monsters and creatures in there that are you know really difficult to to deal with, and it's better to go with friends. But at the same time, you can find little strats and cheese it or then again your friends might make everything a lot worse depending on who it is you play with you absolute motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about i still <laughs> i still remember someone blowing up our first base mm-hmm. yeah so do I. Too. but um <laughs> but i know there's certain games but even then like when you start thinking about talking about friends into it Games are no longer scary. You've got friends, you're making jokes, you're like, you know, like, look at this guy, fuck it, we got all this guy together. Like, we were all playing Dying Light. There was a yeah. boss. All four of us just started drop kicking the boss over and over, and we were just laughing the whole way through. One game that I've played with people that, that we funny. are never making jokes in and that we're really all focused in is GTFO. Yeah, you oh. played that. Dude, that game is a whole nother breed, though, because I mean, that yeah. literally is one of those you you fucking step wrong and everything's hunting. Yeah, I, like <laughs> oh, again for, I, for for anyone listening, very briefly. So GTFO is it, you are going into an underground base. There's a lot of these monsters. They're like as a prisoner, they're all asleep, and your goal is to get in and recover something. Either it's a USB stick or get information off a computer, and you have mm-hmm. to go through all these different sections. So you can kill enemies stealthily by walking up and hitting them, but certain ones might alert another one. So you have to coordinate between your friends. You know, okay, on three, we take down these four altogether, or else they're going to wake up. If you miss, if you alert them, if you move too fast, they wake up. Like one false step, everything turns into a massive shit show. (laughs) 
And it's one of the and few games like I can resource management is very, very intense. Like, because mm-hmm. yeah. it's so like intense. you have to make all your shots count. You have to make sure you have your like trap set perfectly or you know, it's like, hey, hopefully we can get like a good chunk here and not have to waste as much ammo or like kills one and then the horde behind it. swarms. One, it's so, one thing that oh. I think GTFO did really, really well is the fact that it has random monster generation. So you don't. You can go into the same room three times and never have the same horde, same monster in that room. So you have to you have to plan it's accordingly. Yeah, it it plays really well into body horror as well because I mean mm-hmm. at first they're just like these kind of mostly humanoid things, and when you get close, they start to glow and they make this kind of weird pulsating noise, like a like the idea of like a witch growling and left for dead. Think of it like that. And you know they're mm-hmm. straightforward enough. Line up, count down to three, smash, kill everything with a melee. But then you have these other ones. They're bigger, they're tankier, and obviously you can't kill them with melee, so you have to avoid them. But some of them have this thing like they've got no head, it's just a throat. But this yeah. kind of like antenna thing comes up and it splits into like 10 different little feelers, and they all go out over a massive range. So if you're anywhere near it within this range, it's like a snake's tongue, it senses you. Yeah, it's, it's fucking murder. It's creepy to look at. You like, obviously, you don't want to get caught. But you also don't want to go anywhere near it because you know, like that thing is fucking freaky. It, yeah. Between knowing that your guns are for the most part powerful, but they're really not all that powerful either. Like yeah. a yeah. common enemy does not go down <laughs> in one shot with a shotgun. Sometimes it can, but you might be taking two shots an enemy, and if you've got maybe like. 20 rounds with four in the chamber and you've got like a massive horde coming you need to have a second gun you need to make sure all your shots land you need mm-hmm. to make sure you have sentry set up you need to make sure that your squad is tight mm-hmm. but then the game's also oh there's an alarm going off these guys are going to keep spawning unless you run around and do all these little objects oh. yeah, yeah you gotta like press the buttons on the computers and then sit in this one sp- this one point and sit there for like uh like king 20, of the hill kind of thing. yeah yeah and then like yeah. defend yourself so, yeah I, I can't really think of too many other games like that. That while story isn't that much interesting, style design is okay, gunplay is whatever. The risk versus reward, the reward is actually progressing. <laughs> the risk yeah. is the entire game. But yeah. it's the only one that I can think of where Yeah, you can try and make jokes and crack my friends, but like everyone has to be on guard 24 7 because if you make one mistake, you everything start goes all to over. Shit. Oh, yeah. chances are you'll have to do a complete restart yep and that's asking a lot when three people could be perfect and one person could maybe time their melee a little bit late and yeah. just even though they're giving it their all it's just or someone clicks a little too early it's yeah it's just it's in that little category that i'm trying to think of other games that make you go fuck okay really shut up stop talking enough jokes let's get our heads together you know so when, I mean, it really depends situational because I mean, I feel that way with sometimes when the, like for, for me, like an instance like that, where it's like your team has to work together is like uh, Gears of War 3, uh, when mm-hmm. you can do the four player come mm-hmm. up on the story. It was like, you know, you do the section over and over again with your friends and whatever. You can still crack the joke. It's like, okay, now we got to buckle down. We're getting to that one spot. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The one thing that was like that for, uh, I'll, I'll do two, two real quick for a GTFO like that with me was where my, we, we had a three man group. Because you can have a four man, you can have a four to six yeah. man team in that game, 
and I, I always known that it was four people. It is four. Okay, four. I, I couldn't remember if it was four or four to six, but um, yeah, calling never, you out, man. <laughs> I I haven't played it in so long, but um, I was I was playing that game when it was in beta. Uh, so I I bought the early access version of it, which I think it's still technically early access. It hasn't done the full release yet, but um, we we were in the first tier. And I opened the door and it was full of the ones that are like kind of crouched over and their heads are glowing and throbbing and pulsating. And while my two friends were over there discussing tactics, I was going into the room and smashing the heads of all of them. And I missed one and they found the one and that one alerted a bigger one that came in there and just fucked us up. They're like, we thought you got it all. I was like, I fucking missed one. Yeah. A small small thing <laughs> and that's, uh, um, that's all it takes in that game and then uh gears of war the when, the first time i ever played gears of war i played it co-op with a friend of mine and i really struggled on the very first uh the very first one at the end when you're on the train and you got to fight that uh the guy that wears like the long the the long black trench coat and he's got like a swarm of things oh, around him yeah from, yeah yeah General that Ryan. one oh my god he he did a shoulder charge when i went to throw a grenade and it knocked the grenade out of my hand and killed my friend <laughs> yeah no, so see, that's, that's like one of my favorite like action horror games because it's very mm-hmm. like actiony and but like it has very good like horror elements especially with how some of the locust designs are i mean yeah. how the berserker itself the first time he introduced it, is very horror movie-esque <laughs> yeah and then also on top of that you like you get involved with all the characters and their storylines cold train dom phoenix marcus yeah all all Uh, the bairds family (laughs) yeah freaking i feel so bad for anybody who's who's uh whose name is baird in that game because you're like oh how long are you gonna last this time damn it baird shut up baird (laughs) (laughs) yeah the entire time like who is the guy that they broke out of the prison in the first one and then uh or dom broke up marcus like Marcus, Marcus is lit, like your first level is literally being broken. Out of no, 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 not yeah. not Marcus. It was uh, after it was after Marcus. He was assembling his old team, and they went after the uh, the Polynesian guy, and he had Ty. been stuck in a locust pregnant in a locust prison. Oh, Ty, yeah, in Gears of War two, yeah, uh, yeah, Ty. Yeah, Ty. I'm sorry, it was Gears of War two. Yeah, Ty. That scene, I was just like, ah, oh, ah, oh, what, why? But, but why because just when you see his yeah. body just fall back after after marcus handed him the shotgun he's like come on we gotta go and then you just hear bam and he's like tie you just see his body just fall back i was like well that's it like you that's the that's again kind of like setting the idea of like story is like this guy's a bad motherfucker he survived everything even in the second game they keep showing like how much shit he just brushes off and yeah he's like, dude sorry your entire squad died but you survived it's like everything happens for a reason you know it's like real sexual tyrannosaurus energy from fucking predator <laughs> you know yeah it's like he's been captured for like four hours and he's immediately choosing suicide instantly i was like damn the locust must be like super fucked or i was like yeah, yeah. what are they doing <laughs> yeah like what did they do to him in that in that short amount of time because they like you literally start the game and get to the second level and then you have to go save him. Then you find him, and then that happens. And then you're like, "Oh, what do I do? What what do I do now?" Yeah. 
yeah like but, i i did i do i do enjoy the action horror games those are those are some of my favorite ones but the I mean, one that I, I always stand with, and I'm pretty sure Irish might as well, I'm not sure, uh, is uh, the Devil May Cry franchise. Because it's got of very like, cre- creepy monsters, very horror vibes. Like the first one's very like horror action themed. Yeah. <laughs> I, you can but, really see the, the Resident Evil leftovers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys might chastise me for this, but I played those. Mm-hmm. I played those out of order. I played oh, three, yeah. two, fun. four, <laughs> one. Ouch. Uh, the fourth one was my first one, and I had no clue how to play it at the time. I just remember like mashing Y and everything or B, like, yeah. completely ignoring that they were combos. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, I did too. I, I, I was me in three. Franchise, so I played them all uh, except for DMC and DMC 4 at the time yeah. uh, when they were released because I was just like, I didn't like how they looked. And then uh, first reason I didn't play four for the longest time was like, I'm, you're not Dante. This game's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was like immediate. It was like uh, like a middle <laughs> yeah, the edgy kid saying I won't play as the edgy kid. <laughs> but uh, Irish was going to say something about Resident Evil with the DMC franchise. I'm sorry. I, uh, I was just, just going to briefly just, uh, chime in for anyone who doesn't know. Uh, the original Resident Evil 4 was basically Devil May Cry 1. But as they were developing it, they realized that it was like, too tonally different from the first three games so oh. it split off they doubled down on the style and that's how we got devil may cry one whereas they then kind of changed focus and that's when resident evil 4 became resident evil 4 so mm. that's why our dmc1 still has fixed camera angles yeah yeah it's like those little leftovers and things like um at one point like Dante was going to be called Tony Redgrave and that was Leon's <laughs> original name before they settled on Leon. So, right. Yeah. That's all I, I was going to add in for a little bit of trivia for anyone wondering what I meant. Oh yeah. We're all trivia here. <laughs> I didn't know that, honestly. I, but yeah, after I played the, uh, I played, cause I played three or no, I'm sorry. I played three, one, two, then four, then DMC. And then D and now I'm playing through DMC five again. Like I, I, I'm also a sucker for Capcom storylines. I know they're like so over the top and everything like that, but like uh, the two I, I absolutely hate. Two will always DMC two will always be like the worst one, but like DMC storyline is just I could not enjoy it whatsoever. The you play that entire game, game without underwear. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that there's a the mechanics were fantastic, but I hated the storyline. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to briefly just chime in and say again, because I fucking hate that game. Uh, The gameplay in the definitive edition is fine. But in the original version, they had color-coded enemies. You can only defeat a red colored enemy with a red devil weapon. And I'm like... The entire point of this these fucking games is that I can mix and choose whatever weapons I want whenever. Yeah. I was like, you can't hit them with anything else apart from like, you know, either the big smashy fist or the red scythe and the red. And I was like, fuck it off. <laughs> that's that's honestly yeah. what made me like um I actually I actually really liked four because I, that was the first game I had on my on my old original Xbox 360 for the longest time. And I beat it on every difficulty except for like uh the hardest because you i, I beat it all the way at the hard and then you and then or hellhound? yeah yeah i think it's like hellhound and you unlock that after you beat it on hard and then um what i really enjoyed was like the small portion where you actually played as dante and you got access to all these badass weapons plus his like devil form and you're like 
aha and then you can go back to Nero. I felt like I felt like in four though, like even the Dante section, his his devil arms are usually what makes him like the most fun. And like I felt like his devil arms in that one were so bad. Well, I mean, yeah. DMC four was supposed to be a very different game, and you know they kind of ran out of the the budget and development time got shifted around, which is why so many areas are kind of like weirdly stitched together yeah. or like changes like time oh, of day yeah. quite rapidly <laughs> so again I, like but but i think that says an awful lot about that franchise i know we're kind of moving away from horror of this thing but like if you can have a game that's so randomly slapped together <laughs> the senses and the stages like and like half of it is like one character is just backtracking through stages they've already played Mm-hmm. But the gameplay is so fun and so unique yeah. and the style like, like that, you know, really shows some good design. Yeah. I like the uh, the one fight that sticks out to me the most is the one with like the angler fish guy where he's dangling like a scantily clad. Uh, yeah. yeah. Where he's dangling like a scantily clad woman in a snowstorm in front of Dante. And then he just like jumps out and Dante does like a backflip over him. He's like, haha, I knew you were there. It was just like, what? I was like, <laughs> how badass is like, Dante? You could. It's like you can you can hide that body, you can't hide that stench, you know, all those <laughs> lovely one liners. <laughs> yeah. And then, that that made me really uh because I watched the anime after I played four. Yeah. After I played four yeah. and I had, mm-hmm. had a new love for Dante after after playing through four. Mm. It's a shame that two is such a steaming pile of shit, but that's a different yeah. question for a different that's, day. Yeah, I'm <laughs> there. Um, but talking about like older style games there's one thing that i love and i think it might be my ultimate vibe for horror games going forward i don't know about you guys but it is retro ps1 style graphics fps horror those were good it it just it just ticks everything for me like there's a new game upcoming called gloom world the whole thing is that it's like victorian-esque not bloodborne but like you're 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 a doctor you have to go visit someone and you're going through like this abandoned city kind of thing at night it kind of reminds you of thief in a way like you have a cane sword or you can get a shotgun and that thing's really fucking powerful but there's exploration there's kind of like that whole doom-esque idea of like going around exploring finding secrets that's fair but it's still i don't know it's that it's that gritty older graphics but it's done in a very impactful way like did you ever play paratopic i've never heard of it it's a surreal psychological horror game and the idea is that you keep seeing three different characters and three different perspectives each at different times stories jumbled gathered up there's a character that's driving there's one that's out bird watching and heavy rain like kind of i I suppose Ah, i fucking hate david cage different topic um (laughs) uh but at no point, like the when someone's talking, you have to read subtitles because it's all like jarbled noise and text. Simlish. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like Simlish, I guess. And it's like, everything that game does is to like, you know, put you on like the wrong sense of footing. It's surreal. It's dreamlike, but there's still a story there, and you're weirdly engaged to play more to get more out of it. So games like that, Murder House, The High Walled Loop. Like all of these old style. Well, that's it. It's again, it's like that retro horror game where you have to run away, but it's still got the puzzle elements like Resident Evil 1. It's like you have a limited inventory. You can only carry so many things, but you have to go down, avoid the killer and do all these things. So like 
you're defenseless, but it's not like the entire game is several hours long. You're still actively doing puzzles and carrying items and you can heal yourself to try and survive. It feels a bit more meaningful. But all those style games I love, like whether it's Blood, which is just, you know, a scarier and a more brutally challenging version of Doom or something like Dusk, Frost, Ion Fury, Project Warlock or fucking uh, Amid Evil. Any of those retro shooter exploration games i think oh what was it i want to say it was called havoc there's an old playstation one game that's like that it's mm. the first person yeah i remember havoc that scared the absolute havoc. shit out of me because there's one scene that's that's exactly what you reminded me of is that there's game? one scene in that game mm. where it like it plays like a really loud scream or something like that and i uh, at the time was sharing a room with a, a family friend and um mm. they were sleeping because they worked night shift and I had to plug in like these big old school DJ style headphones into the TV. So that way I wouldn't wake them up. Might wake and, them up too. Yeah. And when that scene played, I screamed, scared them awake. <laughs> and they like popped up and they're like, what? 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 I was like, sorry, the game scared me. And they're like, I told you not to play that at night because it was their <laughs> game that they let me borrow and it scared yeah. the shit out of me. Well, that's it. But like, this is like my new addiction for for horror games it's games like i have a lot of them added in my wish list like rewind or die like mm-hmm. layers of fear is getting a proper remix so play that like game grumps only released a homebody it's a killer chasing you through a house but it's a puzzle exploration thing as well oh. uh killer frequency lake facade fucking um labyrinth of the demon there's so many of these that are 3d designed to look like very early janky playstation one graphics there and i would i would enjoy that and this yeah but the style is done so well that it it sets you off it's surreal it's dreamlike right because they know that it's not like they're doing it like in a cheap way but it's done enough that you can have a character's face be hyper realistic mm-hmm but still confined to this low poly boxy kind of stuff. So you're looking at something that should look as old as the model, but instead like every detail is super high def. Uh, it's just, it's fucking. There's, there's a game coming really out. Weird. I really want to play. I have it on my wish list. It's, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but you're playing as a vampire Lord who's fixing up a hotel. And as you're like fixing up the hotel, you get people to stay at the hotel to earn money or to eat them and turn them into one of your ghouls. And if you eat too many people, you don't make enough money to fix up the hotel. But if you make too much money, you don't eat enough people. And so you're understaffed. So it's like, I don't know if like you're playing as the vampire. And yeah, another management sim with a twist. Those ones are always. Those are fun. Those 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 can be fun if done right. And like I'm I don't I'm think so it's bad at those. It's like a tycoon game. I'm so bad at those. <laughs> yeah, but it's like actively That's... like you're playing as the vampire in first person. You walk into a room and like snap your fingers and then the wallpaper gets redone, the bed gets gets made, the floors get clean, and then you have like option to either let person A stay in the room for the night, pay for their room, or eat them. And I'm like, hmm 
fair, fair. I mean, <clears throat> I was just thinking of like uh, right now, it just popped in my head is like what game like like consistently scares you the most still to this day. <laughs> Honestly, mm. for me, it have to be any of the uh, the Dark Pictures games. Like I can I can fair. play through any one of those and still get scared by something that I got scared by on the first playthrough. For me, it has to be a very specific situation, but it's uh, still Resident Evil 7 in VR. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> what's what's a game that, like... Still absolutely terrifies me. That scares me or even scared me? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, sure, I'm gonna have to think on that one. Like, one one big, I will say this though one game that I, one style of game that I have the hardest time playing is anything like supernatural to where I don't really have a chance to fight back. Whereas, like, uh, Phasmophobia, even though it spawned like a bunch of clones, and there's one that's done really well as, uh, I would say, clone esque is Demonologist. It's still the same basic concept but you have the choice at the end of the ghost hunt to exercise the spirit. Whereas in phasmophobia, you just figure out what the ghost type is and you leave if you live. And <laughs> I've got to say both of those games, uh, still scare the absolute dog shit out of me. doesn't matter if I played them a thousand times, a hundred times, what have you, I have well over 300 hours on phasmophobia alone. And every time the ghost just pops up, comes walking at me, it still scares me. I feel that way still with uh, Dead by Daylight at times. There'll be times where like I'll be uh, like not scared at all and like more mad that I got caught or whatever. But then there are just times where like I'm super hyper focused because of like it, we don't know who killer is and it's still that mystery. Yeah, and that anxiety for me goes up up the wall. And then like especially if it's like a Myers or a Ghostface or a pig coming out of nowhere and just jumping at you when you're not prepared is still yeah. absolutely terrifying. <laughs> I th- I think the I think the worst version of that is where like you'll be working on a gen and you last time you seen uh the killer was like across the way and the next thing you know it's stand- they're standing right behind you getting ready to pull you off the gen or chase you or whatever and you're like what yeah, yeah I can say when you're not paying attention like I said for like Myers or like Ghostface when they're stalking you and like you just see them out the corner of your eyes like some of the most terrifying shit it, it's it really is. like I I enjoy that feeling though like I love feeling that like intense like oh shit <laughs> moments like, oh, but no. it doesn't happen that yeah it doesn't um, happen all the time though which sucks i'm trying to think and again because i'm such a hardcore fucking badass i genuinely <laughs> <laughs> no games are coming to mind that i can think of but one that i played um on only the most on halloween there so almost a year ago was called no one lives under the lighthouse i've heard of it and it's a very unassuming game as the whole thing is that like you're just a lighthouse keeper it's again this kind of retro playstation one style graphics first person exploration thing but i heard Mm -hmm. had so many great things about it and that's it's kind of one of the ones that got me into the genre that i I wish there was a proper name for it it's literally just like hey did you play the game oh like the retro ps1 looking style game that's like (laughs) horror with some potential (laughs) fps elements i'm like yes that specific type of genre yes that like the very niche I wish there was a name for it because it's so fucking good. Anyway, but um, each day, like something's going wrong or there's something strange or uh, like 
you kind of hear Cthulhu-esque noises sometimes. Mm-hmm. I played like about two hours of the game and I only got like one or two of the endings. At one point, like out of nowhere, you just start getting chased by a monster. <laughs> but it's something that I've only ever played, I've only ever experienced in one of the game. It was second person perspective. Oh. The idea is that you are controlling you through the monster's eyes, trying to run away from us. You know, I've and only I ever seen that in driving so games. In- Yes, I was just going to say it was a driver. Like, I can't remember which one was like, you are in the obviously yellow car running away, but the police are chasing you, but your your camera's in the police car. So you're controlling your car while they're chasing you. Yeah, that's the only one I can think of. Like, but you start to control your character. Like, you still have to full on orient yourself as you would play in the game while running away from the monster, trying to get back to the lighthouse itself. But you see (laughs) everything from the monster's perspective. And you have to like try and remember like how long can you actually sprint for how long? Like it was, it <laughs> really, uh, it was, ver- it was, they easily could have just had like a monster come at you and you run away from it in first person or it swaps to third person. But no, you see through the monster's eyes. And the thing is, that made it scarier because <laughs> you still don't actually know what the monster fucking looks like. You just see these two kind of like, kind of like spider legs, claws at the front. And you can hear the of the thing coming at you. But you never get an actual look at what it is. Like, is it a big spider? Is it a big fucking crab? Is it something completely different? Is this some Lovecraftian Cthulhu-esque monster? Because there's potentially some of that. It was very, very good. Yeah, so I recommend that game to you guys if you get the chance. Who li- we live under the lighthouse? Yeah, no one lives under the lighthouse. Okay, no one lives under the lighthouse. Yeah, but yeah, the um, let's see, there was there's a game, uh, that I played where where it's like you, it's I think it's still free to play. It could be wrong, but um, let me see. Actually, I have it over here. Deceit. It's where um. It's where you have a, a group of four people and each each person has like specific objectives, but one person in the group is the monster. And that can lead to some yeah. very jump scary stuff. It's so funny. It's so funny to play. Yeah, it's it's the one with the rabbit logo, isn't it? Like you're in the mm-hmm. hospital or everything like that as well. Are people morphing and out of the monster? Yeah. And like the objective is as like the monster, you have to complete your objectives with your team. So that way you're not suspected of being the monster, but you also have to collect blood bags. And one thing that'll give it away. Transform. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's so funny is that like everyone will like kind of like uh, what I've noticed while playing that game, the many times that I have is one of two things will happen. Everyone will stick together in a group. So that way no one, can get you know uh get the blood bags without getting noticed or everyone just branches off and does their own thing and you're like the entire together in a horror situation who would yeah Mm. (laughs) see that's that's kind of the thing like people didn't like that game when it came out but they loved among us deceit came out like a whole year i think it was before among us was even released yeah which 
and then Among Us only blew up and they'll remain like what's two in the last two or three years. Yeah. So even then it wasn't yeah, popular. Yeah. But like yeah. none of those games, as far as they're none of those games have really solved the issue of like, okay, well let's just team up together. <laughs> and now the monster can't come at us. You know? <laughs> yeah, because I remember I, we were we were grouped up in Among Us and it was down to like four people. I knew the killer was Miz, and I tried to get everyone to understand that it was Miz because I seen Miz jump into a vent. But he somehow made everyone believe that I was seeing things. And I was like, no, he's going to kill me as soon as this meeting ends. We have to kick him out now or we're going to lose. Everyone's like, I don't know if it's Miz or not. Because we had already voted out one of the killers. And they're I like, remember, that was like very early on. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. And Miz was like, no, it's not me. You know, Jimmy's just seeing things. And I'm like, no, it's Miz, damn it. I know it's Miz. And then as soon as the meeting ended, he ran, he chased me all the way down into the engine bay where he knew I wasn't going to be able to escape and killed me instantly. I was like, everyone's like, sorry, Jimmy. I was like, I knew it was Miz. I seen him jump into a vent. Damn it. Since <laughs> also I played that. It has. Mm-hmm. But I know one game that's not a horror game that is a horror game specifically for Miz, and that's Golf It or Golf With Friends. Oh my god. <laughs> it's such a fucking nightmare for me. I'm so bad at that. Holy shit. So am I, but it's just... That's, like it's my, so- that's my rage fest. Like, how everyone's like, you know, this game's as hard as Dark Souls. That is my Dark Souls, I swear to god. <laughs> it's so funny, because, like, if you so much as, like, like, at some points, if you so much as, like, tap Miz even, like, a quarter of an inch... He's like, oh, oh you, you, and you're like, throws off my whole mojo because I, I panic. I'm so bad at golf. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny, especially if we pay like one of the custom maps. It's it's just so funny oh, to watch it's because like so rage inducing. He's he's either he's either screaming because he made he somehow got lucky and made a hole in one because no one tapped him or got in his way, or mm-hmm. he just completely missed. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's no in between. But yeah, that's like that's like the horror game for Miz. But um, that's the only thing I'm really enjoying right now uh, is video game remakes like the Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3, Dead Space, the remakes of yeah. horror games and like improving mm-hmm. on their their original horror. Like it's yeah. still terrifying in its own regards or you can still feel that update of how it mm-hmm. is. <laughs> I, I like how it graphically looks. Oh, yeah. Well, that's. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, one guy who I watch on YouTube, and I highly recommend it to anybody listening. His name is Mandalore, so it's Mandalore Gaming, and he does some seriously brilliant uh, just game reviews of near. Like, there's so many things that I've just watched him review that I've never even played or heard of. But like for the uh, Dead Space reviews, he's a massive Dead Space fan, so he has a really fair and balanced review going back and forth between those two games, or the Callisto Protocol, or Alien Isolation. And he gets into some of these really fine, minute details. Like at one point, he was doing what's you know, like the hydroponics area of Dead Space and talking about like some of the good and the bad. How, in terms of visuals, it actually looks a lot better. They've slightly changed the layout, but in other parts, then he also feels that it's kind of lost that creepier, eerie sense to certain bits of it. But then again, you know, vice versa with some parts of the game, or you know. The, the ship doesn't seem as much of a monster because one thing that I agreed with him that stood out to me was that the what's the name of the ship again? I'm nearly forgetting the Ishimura. Ishimura. I was th- I was thinking of something. That, yeah, okay. So it was the Ishimura. Not the Horizon. No. Don't worry. 
yeah, I was thinking of Event Horizon. So uh, for the Ishimura, um, they're like, you turn on a, a a machine or something like that, you see a load of strange tech moving in the background or like this impossible machinery. Like it's mo- moving, but like you can't really discern what the fuck is actually yeah, I felt like the ship was going on. on. Especially with the, the ship being inside it. Like, sh- it. It felt as a whole thing, like, whereas this remake, yeah, it doesn't feel that. It doesn't feel as alive and that you can actually see further into many of these open spaces that were previously black or foggy or like you could only render so far, but they use that yeah. strength. And I think like it's that's why I really would recommend checking out some of his stuff as he he's very much aware of that like yeah, the, yeah. appreciating the the updates and or missing the originals i mean like for sections of like resident Evil 4 i do miss like that whole sewer section or the um the uh the, the sewer section. section um it didn't hurt i didn't really do anything against it or take out the clock tower from resi 3 uh it's like not a huge thing but it improves like story flow or yeah uh like um mechanically in certain areas too the way how like they didn't transition well into the way they wanted it to like because the whole asteroid system is much more improved in this one instead of playing that stupid asteroid game (laughs) in dead space you know i i actually i uh i have dead space three um on Steam, and that was my that was the first time I ever played it. But um, my only gripe and complaint about remakes is the price point. Like, why are you oh, going to yeah. remake a almost thirty year old game and then resell it for sixty, seventy dollars? price. Well, yeah. that depends on your definition of a remake. Is it a remastering? Where, like, you know, they always call yeah, it as a remake, awesome. but like, do they literally just top up the visuals? Yeah. Or they actually had to, like, how much of the game is remade from the ground up? Do they simply have to port it to a different engine so that it runs better or you don't have so many issues on modern hardware? Well, then, I mean, porting something in, in its entirety can also be a large job. So, you know, but yeah, yeah, my markups. This is exactly why I just do not ever fucking like Nintendo. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Like, I like. I owned a Game Boy Color and a Game Boy Advance <laughs> when I was growing up. My first ever Metal Gear Solid game was apparently not Metal Gear Solid 4. It was fucking Metal Gear Ghost Babble, apparently. <laughs> oh, and no. I never fucking knew that. I was a Metal Gear Solid fan before I was a Metal Gear Solid fan. <laughs> and that was all on the Game Boy. And I had a N64 because it was it was a gift given to us when, fa- when people we knew were getting a PlayStation. I was like four or five. I didn't fucking know what video games were but then i was started to play star fox and i got addicted to that shit <laughs> then i got a ds and i remember like playing mario kart with something but now it's like it's been two years release a new console okay it's like is it extremely expensive yes well can yeah. some can we make our games backwards compatible maybe okay <laughs> it's like it's like playing a game on a ds like yes yeah, some of these games works like Playing a game on a Game Boy SP. Yes, your Game Boy Advance games will work. Yes, your Game Boy Color games work. Nice. Moving on to game, 3DS. No. <laughs> None of your previous games will work. Buy the new 3DS. <laughs> Buy the new 3DS. 
That's the exact same thing with the Switch. I know the Switch is like, yeah, we're great. We're portable. You can take us anywhere. We're like, you can even give like one controller to someone else and play a game together. Cool. (laughs) What about all these really, really old games? It's like full price. Like this game was out before I was alive. Full price. I'm like, fuck you. It's like, you have the new Switch XL. I'm like, Nintendo. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Just like make one fucking console update it every now and again and make your shit backwards compatible that doesn't cost someone full price like that was the one thing i loved about the xbox one backwards compatibility i can still play my 360 games mm-hmm. you know like, all of, i think playstation's kind of moved with that as well but yeah they, they finally <laughs> gotten around to that yeah finally you know yeah and even then, like this idea of like games being exclusive instead of being on pc as well i mean it can kind of work but I mean, I eventually, I don't mind exclusives, but I mind exclusives at the same time because it's just like if you really want your game to do well, don't don't fucking pigeonhole yourself to one console just for right. fanboys or for exclusive bragging rights. It's so annoying. I like, yeah, I know that's supposed to be. To I know, I know, certain games would be console movers, but like, I don't understand why someone like Sony or let's just say Santa Monica with God of War because they eventually oh, yeah. did it, but like, it really should be like okay, we'll be exclusive for six months and then after six that a year it goes and it goes everywhere. six to a year and then then it goes straight on to digital platforms for a pc you if you want it never has to touch an xbox if it's a sony series or vice versa but right. like the middle ground should be pc because that's a massive fucking market mm-hmm. honestly you know mods and have more fun with it <laughs> yeah honestly uh from what i understand is that uh sony is dipping their toes into the whole uh, PC gaming world because now one of their exclusives is going to be exclusive to PlayStation uh, 5 and PC. And I don't know which game it is, but I keep seeing news um, pop-ups and oh, I'm like... Report to Bloodborne, I'll be happy. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. yeah Speaking I mean, that game, that game was that game was not a horror game, but it scared the absolute shit out of me. It's some, it's, some oh, it's such a very good Lovecraftian feel. There's, there's a lot of horror elements, but it's your typical FromSoft game, yeah. Yeah. Mm. But the, the yeah. designs and that and the sound effects is is like my favorite thing. The music is really what sells me on those games. Not gonna lie, uh, music is like absolutely beautiful from all the other games. Like it oh. is, but like mm-hmm. the tone it sets onto, uh, especially in like just some of the uh, like cutscenes, the way like atmosphere works to set up the mood of what you're fighting is also really fun. Yeah, I one thing I did like about Bloodborne series was the fact that it was not only like story driven but it also had lore on top of that because if you paid attention to like certain things you're like wow this place is actually friggin sad mm-hmm. uh, i mean that's scene. that's with any of the from stuff games the lore is yeah. in the world and the items <laughs> you make your I, own story pretty much the one that the one that killed me was the father gascoigne uh because after you kill father gascoigne if you did oh, the, the story right yeah the brooch where uh you find out that the mother was the wife of gascoigne and you come back to the kids girl. yeah mm-hmm. you come back to the little girl and you tell her well i found your mommy's brooch and you're like and now you've effectively killed her father and you're like oh i'm sad now i'm gonna go i'm gonna go sit down in this corner and cry <laughs> yeah things like that can always be good ways to move or drive a, a story but i think the real horror of recent years for every video games 
has been that releasing a game and then releasing an apology straight after. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> like, like I watched oh. uh, Critical play through all of the Gollum game. Now, granted, it was edited down, so I really ended up like spent like forty minutes watching. Jesus Christ, that looked, I've heard I was so many falling bad asleep things. watching. It's a nightmare. It's horrible. But like. Some game, some developers don't want to port their game over because they're worried of mods. I'm like, yeah. oh, you're worried about seeing Kratos with a fucking Minecraft axe? I'm like, yeah, I'm sure <laughs> that's the worst thing that could happen. But then you have other games where it's like, um, like The Last of Us. I'm like, you released the game. Yeah. Then you released it with an update for PlayStation 4. You have literally remade the entire fucking game from the ground up again for, you know, PlayStation 5. The, the, yeah fucking Druckmann has beat the shit out of that dead horse. Anyway, but like <laughs> you're going to port it to PC. How did you fuck up a PC port so bad? It's a game that you have redone three fucking times. <laughs> Early. Early, you should be capable of bringing that to a computer. Well, PC is very difficult to develop for because there's an awful lot of different graphics cards. It's a fuck off. Just fuck it off. You, you do a standardized can, graphics update. And boom. You can do a solved. standardized set and say you should have like minimum and suggested yeah. fucking like, you know, requirements for a PCR on every fucking Steam page. Like you mm. should have ugh, it's it's inexcusable. Like CD Project Red with fucking Cyberpunk. Oh, yeah. I installed how many mods into that game to get it to run better? <laughs> that ever since I input as SSD and I had to move files, the game is broken. I now have to completely reinstall Cyberpunk at some point, find my save file, reinstall a load of mods, and then finally play that game. <laughs> like that's how fucked the game is that I need. Like anyway, like between yeah, that, that, that game that game was bad on on, on like, release. Jedi fought like the new Jedi oh, Fallen Order right. and Jedi Survivor. Like I was so hyped to play that. Then I've heard everything that's wrong. I'm like, I'm gonna give it another couple of months and I'll get to that at some point. Yeah, that's what I heard too. I heard um I had a friend when the first one came out uh say the same thing, like playing it on PC is fucking absolute garbage. And I don't know why it's so hard to port it to PC when like it, it should be very standard to do it. <laughs> I, I, I know I know what I know what PlayStation's problem is, is it's because they have their own in you know in home graphics cards for their console and all that fun stuff because it's the same ones that they it's the same ones that they use in all their smart TVs and all that fun stuff to help offload the processing but at the same time the graphics card they're the graphics card equivalent to what they have in the PS5 now is still weaker than the 1080 like the PS4 operated at less than a 970 back in like 2004 so it's like they're just they're just shooting themselves in the foot by overthinking it. That that's their biggest issue. But at the same time, like Duncan Brown, like video game development is hard. Oh yeah, it is oh, yeah. fucking difficult. Like how many like oh, how many times like the four of us jumped into like you, me, and Dragon jumped into a call and we said, like, "What are we going to do?" And we've all had like a fifteen to twenty minute discussion of like what game to even fucking load up or play. Like then, like could you imagine the size of a team of several hundred people? Then you have sound, you have graphics, you have visuals, you have pro. Like all of these things need to come together to make a game work, and that is a monumental effort. Every game, whether it's shit or good, it's like yeah, it's no, so it, much. It, it, and I and I and I fully understand that, and in no way think that oh, I could do better. But like <laughs> at the same time. 
if you're going to start if like if games have moved from about a fourth like a 50 euro price so now games have now become 70 euros because extra development and that they need to be able to fucking run and this really. whole horrible system that we've entered of release the disc then release the day one patch and then systematically dish out content here and there bit by bit it's oh yeah no, it's horrible, horrible. It's it terrible. really is it's i know it's, like but that's like the more modern horror aspect of <laughs> video games it's like yeah yeah and I, yeah I, i'm probably going off in a completely different rabbit hole compared no, to what we were fine. actually no, no, to discuss. No, no, you're, you're fine. but you know like this is this is the process I mean, of this podcast we, we go off on tangents <laughs> It's fine. Like one, game, <laughs> one game that I was I knew of and I was looking forward to because it's a horror game. It deals with vampires. It seems like it's proper universal esque. Let's oh Redfall. No Redfall. It's Redfall is made yeah. by Arcane Studios. Arcane Studios. They made fucking Dishonored. Mm-hmm. Like one of like my all time favorite games. Such I mean, game. they have. I even enjoyed number two. Like. I, I, I have yet to finish the second one. That's because I got busy with shit. But like, they made Dark Messiah. They made like Dishonored. They made fucking Prey. Deathloop, which I haven't played, seemed interesting. But man, like, Redfall is a real fire from Christ. Like, yeah, like they, like, I, like the, I only <laughs> watched a 10 second clip from someone playing Redfall. And it was literally the vampire was T posing while flying at them the face was moving the body was not and it was just like fireball 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 ha fireball fireball yeah. i was like what the hell is this like like models and textures not working correctly like a house <laughs> where the chimney is floating above the house instead of being connected like oh. uh, i refuse to think that that game like something must have happened where they were contractually obligated to put out a game and that mm-hmm. was like the most cheap low effort thing they could do because they have made some very fucking good games i refuse to believe that that's them putting their best foot forward that like felt like an obligation they had to have to do deadline. against their will you yeah. know but like the AI is horrible like i watched people play it like i've seen one person stand on the other side of a car and the AI just cannot figure out how to path to the other side of the car to attack them. And I'm like, this is supposed to be a horror game. This is supposed to. Be, I, I think it, like does it have looter shooter elements in it as well? I think it does. Like you can get you can get like better guns, like epic and things, can't you? Yeah, I think I so. Have no idea. I haven't seen much on something it. like that. I, anyway. I know you have like skills and stuff you can upgrade at some point too, but people aren't really like delving into too much on the game. They're yeah. just like, look how this game runs. Oh my god! Yeah, and that's the thing. The thing that fucking annoys me the most, like when you actually look up some of the game scores for it, like I pull, I, I typed in and pulled it up here. Destructoid gave it five out of ten. <laughs> Famitsu gave it a 30 out of 40. Game Informer, 5 out of 10. GameSpot, a little bit closer to home, 4 out of 10. Hardcore Gamer gave it 2 out of 5. IGN, thankfully, have some sense and gave it 4 out of 10. Still should be 2 out of 10. Like, Videogamer.com, 7 out of 10. PC Games, 7 out of 10. Like, so how? When, this game when... is broken. It makes no sense. 
I mean, like the characters, like whatever. It's just something that I found out is that uh, reviewers are are a complete play to pay or pay to play type deal. Excuse me, because when I was doing review, when when I tried to do reviews on games, um, what I went through and I looked at some of these some of these like ratings from um, person A. And person B was that they were basically line for line the exact same phrasing, just worded differently. Like, uh, was like, uh, like they they don't look at the game as an overall. They look at certain aspects. They look at how much money it can bring in for like Studio B that paid them X amount of dollars to review it for this length of time. I was like, what the hell? Even IGN, back when they were a reputable uh, reviewer. They were still like they were still getting paid to review the game itself, but it wasn't like, hey, here's an extra hundred thousand to make my my review just a little bit better. It was like, hey, here's here's our game. Review it. Let us know what you think and let us know what we can improve upon. This was like like six years ago. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I fucking know that. uh, Sometimes I get like in uh, journalists will get like a demo or a slice of the actual game as opposed to like the real copy that's going to go out for purchase. But at the mm-hmm. same time, like the, the fact that I, I genuinely cannot see how the games in some of the states that there are, even if it was just like a tech demo could somehow run or be better functioning than any of the other ones that are sent out to developers. Like they're just such a fucking broken mess. Yeah, I mean, look um, at the look at the reviews for Cyberpunk when it first released compared to now. Like yeah. uh they were like you had like IGN give it like a 9 out of 10. You had like uh what was it? Um Game Reviewer, they gave it like an 8 out of 10. And, like you just go down the list of the old reviews and then what we got on release day. It was like uh I treated it as these... the uh, Rotten Tomatoes and audience score. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like oh my god. But- but that's I think that's essentially why my taste in horror has started to move towards indie developers that retro mm-hmm. style graphic ones are just like all it's like these studios know that their reputation is their lifeblood. You can make mm-hmm. a game and you can get a lot of money or a little money. But if you make something that's good or that people find interesting, people start to play it. People know, and for the most part, I think we're like we're jaded with larger groups. You know, like if you put out a game that's on Steam and it's shit within two hours, less than two hours, you can get a full refund for it. Mm-hmm. So you need to have something there to make the game worthwhile. Whereas if you look at games like Gloom World or you look at like these kind of indie dev style games or even recreations like something like Dusk, that was made by essentially one Matt David Zemensky. And it's extremely popular. He's made other smaller horror games like here and there in between. And people have bought them because they know that, oh, it's from this guy. He made that one product that was reasonably charged, gave a load of contents and was actually, you know, worth what I put in. It's for the most part, essentially bug free or people have a hand in its development. Sons of the Forest. I mean... That was like a that was like a group of like six guys originally with the forest. Yeah, and it was a mess as I went through earlier on. <laughs> you know, they have a proper team behind it now. Like, yeah, there's content updates. People can give feedback. Like, players are 
you know, for the most part, actually, you know, taking part in that game's development. And I think that's where the future of horror is. Smaller studios who... Well, I know, like, yeah, I was going to say, well, they give a damn. Yeah, I was going to say, well, I know at the same time, like, there's so many ones that will, like, as soon as they know there's a trend, will jump on it. Like, yeah. You know, Phasmophobia got big, and then you have other games that tried to copy off it, or Phasmophobia was just the one that was in a line of other first-person ghost games that just got big. You know, there's always going to be, like, the pop-up copycats. Yeah. But there's at least a level of experimentation in there that's interesting and can go somewhere. Yeah. So you like, know. On, like honestly, yeah. I was uh I'm I'm a day one player of Phasmophobia. I got it the day it came out because it was one of the first three games I bought on PC. And um originally it was I think it was a team of like one guy that made the game and now he's got like a whole team of people behind him that are, you know, making the game more visually updated. They're making it better. Um here in July, we're gonna have it's gonna have a complete reset to where everyone goes back down to zero, uh, goes back down to level zero, have zero dollars, have options and stuff, and then they have different objectives that they can play instead of it just being the same cycle of the same stuff. And I'm like, you know, this is this is why I this is why I honestly like gaming on PC better than console. But you know, that's just a personal preference. But at mm. the same time. I haven't bought a triple A game in about two and a half years now because there hasn't really been anything that I've been like, ooh, I have to get the new Call of Duty Modern Warfare. It's the same one that was out. Two I mean, years it's just ago. games in general nowadays right now are feeling kind yeah. of like a like stale yeah. spot. <laughs> yeah. I, I, mean, like, I, I don't like tri- I don't like triple A studios anymore, yeah. honestly. Well, I I still buy some. I'm like, I bought the Resident Evil Four remake. I that's, bought yeah, Mortal Kombat Eleven recently because that was on a discount, though. But it's <laughs> good. I bought Hitman Three and all the like the previous three games mixed into it. That's AAA. Yeah. It runs well. It's actually built because if it's a sandbox game and the whole thing about that game is based around giving player freedom to take out your target, then it needs to fucking work. Certain yeah. games have genuine care and love put into them, like the remastered. Uh, Marvel Spider-Man on PC. I was only streaming that earlier on. That game is fun. It's well written. The characters work. Like triple A games don't always have to immediately be a disaster. They can be polished and well made. Mm-hmm. But it's just the the mindset that people have now. Pre-orders. Mm. Pre-orders shouldn't be a thing. Yeah. The last time I pre-ordered a game was for the Evil Dead game. And I only pre-ordered that because I'm a huge Evil Dead fan and I will throw I money at anything related to Evil Dead. Yeah, I know you got it for free, but I mean, like, I paid all the money for it. And yeah. even then, I still had issues getting all the content. I'm still waiting on a t-shirt to come to me that I need to email them about. After a year of waiting, I finally got a fucking DLC code. Like, it has its issues and I fucking hate it. Yeah. And that's why that's I never wanted fucking but again, it's the only reason why is because I was so attached to that thing. Like I never look and I go, Ooh, I c I can't wait to get the collector's edition of this or that. <laughs> Out of my entire life, I think like between the Evil Dead, Metal Gear Solid Five, because I'm a huge Metal Gear fanboy, I bought the collector's of that. The only other one that I've bought for and I have still yet to get it, I was one of the I was a sixty dollar backer. 
for bloodstains for oh, Ego, yeah. who when he left Castlevania, Capcom in Castlevania, he went on and made his own game. I have still not yet played that game. I am refusing to play it until I finally get my physical copy <laughs> of the game. <laughs> and I have been when Holland, when did that game actually get announced? I need to just Google that. Hold on, sorry. No worries. Bloodstained <laughs> Ritual of the Night. It was the at the time, it was the biggest uh backer. It was it was, it was crowdfunded in 2015. Jesus. I put in money for that game mm-hmm. in 2015, 2016. 60 euros. It had it received a sequel? What the fuck? What? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the true horror of what? gaming is truly being a gamer. <laughs> Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2 is a platform with pressed by in in Inti Creates. It was created for the ne- <laughs> Oh, wow. It was released uh, for Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Windows, Xbox One in 2020. It is the third game with a, and is a direct sequel to Curse of the Moon, itself a spin-off of Blood, Stand of Ritual of the Night. So it's on its third iteration. The, ga- and you okay, haven't- the game's graphics and gameplay are done in an 8-bit retro style meant to mimic their... Okay, so it's a sequel to the... to the spin-off game, Curse of the Moon. Okay, I thought it was like a full-on... <laughs> fucking <laughs> okay, sorry. Irish. Does, okay i realized now sorry it says Irish curse of the moon too. just now <laughs> dude it's sorry it says it's sorry it says curse of the moon and curse of the moon too they were stretch goals like a little retro stuff that's that's okay i thought it was like bloodstained richer of the night too i was like are you fucking kidding me i was about to fuck <laughs> <laughs> The true ordering is the true horror. I don't think yeah. I can add anything else. <laughs> no, it, it it really is because like uh, what was that game uh, that was announced like two years ago that was crowdfunded had like a million dollars, and then they backed out last second and didn't refund anybody any of the money. I forgot what it was. I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of that that happened though. Yeah. yeah. It was. I, I don't know. It was like it was like one of the ones that was actually like covered by Game Informer. But um, I digress. The like, like last time, last time that I was actually really excited about pre-ordering a game was Assassin's Creed Three, and uh, and that was, you know, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. I was a teenager. I was seventeen at the time, so it was like. After that, I'm just like I'll wait until I'll wait until after a couple months now because I know it's going to have either visual problems, graphic problems, or the game's just going to be a, a huge steaming pile. Because I got Cyberpunk on sale uh, last year. Pre-orders? Um, I've only pre-ordered three games in my entire life: uh, Halo Two, Bioshock Two, and Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> That's fair. Those are good games. Those are the only ones I've ever pre-ordered. Yeah. I'm currently on the uh, Kickstarter page. Sorry to cut you off there for uh, Ritual of the Night. Last update was the 22nd of March, and they were advertising a casual stream with Iga. I went to the comments, 
and it's like where's my physical copy you lying pricks where's my physical copy still no physical copy it's been several years i'm still waiting for my physical copy so it says the plan has always been to complete the stretch goals before making the pc visit a physical version of the game i'm like mm-hmm what's the update on that then for fuck's sake <laughs> so what you're telling me is that i have to wait for this one hump to happen and then i get my physical copy so when is this one hump supposed to happen oh hold on finally from bloodstains discord sorry guys i'm really hijacking this they're gonna have a closed beta for the upcoming versus modes since these include multiplayer films a first for bloodstain won't have more real testing there's a sign up with all announcements please worry scams Bruh. <laughs> poor, poor Irish. They're still, they're still talking about doing content as part of stretch goals. Like it was the biggest fucking Kickstarter I know, but at the same fucking time, my dudes, like when it's nearly been ten years. <laughs> yeah, you know, you oh, know, honestly. You know, honestly, one game that I wish would have a resurgence is Friday the 13th. That was that that game. I had so much fun playing that game on, on console. I never I, played it. I heard mixed things about it. I heard it was fine, I, though. It's like I'm I, hearing about the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre here. It's like well balanced. Oh, I'm definitely getting yeah. that myself and myself and Mary cannot wait to tag team and that. That's going to be a lot of fun. And mm. Friday the 13th is an interesting mix. It was a game that's a lot of fun. You can still play it. Uh, yeah. I played it as a group of friends with other Irish streamers. Um, the game is inherently broken. It's yeah. been abandoned by the developers because of legal issues. Yeah. Uh, so hackers have gotten in and taken over. But it's it's kind of just like insanity. Like no one's hacking to instantly kill everybody in Super World. But like you have like a had a Jason who just kept levitating through the sky. I was playing a lot of polka music while chasing me down. Point. <laughs> so you just hear like, like a big fucking accordion going in the background as well, like getting closer and closer and closer. That's terrifying, actually. Like that was its own version of terrifying. But like that was... That's hilarious. I love that. Yeah. So like... I get some people that are like shitty, then you get other people that are actually pretty enjoying cool. it. Yeah. When, yeah. when, when, uh, cause I got, um, I, I, that was, I didn't pre order that game. I bought it the day it came out though, because I, they're like the only thing you got for the pre order was, I think, I'm, I, I'm tired of pre orders and like yeah. the inception of pre order. And then, like, you know, a few months down the line, they release it as like viable content. <laughs> yeah. They did that with the, they did that with Jedi Fallen Order. Um, cause when you pre ordered the game, you got a lightsaber crystal color that wasn't accessible to anybody else in the game. And it was orange. Um, if you pre ordered the game, you got orange as the color. But now, if I go in my living room and, uh, and load it up, I can change my color to red, orange, blue purple white green any of them and it's like what was the purpose of pre-ordering this then yeah uh, it's i i don't i don't see it anymore uh the other thing is there's a lot of things like gaming mechanics we can keep going on on that one yeah honestly <laughs> that's that's more of the industry though yeah but i okay. i i really wish that honestly friday the 13th would have would have 
would have had a little bit more win in its sales because it was it was it was fun to play, especially if it, if you had a group of friends. Because even if you had a group of randoms, I loaded up into a game where I was I was playing as a survivor, and um, we got the car to work, and we were trying to run away. And what happened while I was driving the car was that our the the fourth guy was calling the police and he was going to escape the other way. And as I'm driving the car, Jason popped up in front of me and started walking towards the car to, to disable it. So I just backed up. He then teleports behind me and this went on for 15 minutes. He went in front of me, behind me, in front of me, behind me. And the way that I won was I found out that Jason can't disable the car if you drive backwards. So I drove backwards to the police the entire way with with Jason just like chasing me down. And the one dude was like, oh, my God, he's actually going to do it. He's like, this is the funniest shit I've ever seen in this game. And I'm just driving backwards, just having a blast. And it was just it was so much fun. It really was. The new Evil Dead game is actually pretty fun. Yeah, I need like my I need to get back to playing that game when it released. Uh, it was basically the game was full hot mic. Which yeah, wasn't great if you're trying to stream, because like if I'm trying to talk to you guys, like not, yeah. all my teammates don't need like my constant tirade of voice and vice versa i don't need someone potentially about to spout off something oh the first time i played it we had one random yeah. and that dude was just instantly racist it was so bad i was like yeah i'm happy i'm not streaming this because he got a low hot mic right oh yeah yeah so that's why i'm like i haven't come back to it yet even though i like you know poured it paid all this goddamn money for it you know <laughs> i paid so much money for this but i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait you, you, can, you can turn audio off in general for them right you can turn off like mic in general kind of but you also need audio to actually you know play and hear the fucking game yeah that's right yeah. that's right but if you have like a group of friends you don't really need to worry about that because the fourth person is the is the uh the demon so you don't really have to worry about it now whereas like in the beginning of the game when it was still kind of small and niche it's it was it was a lot worse because that's when i that's actually when i got it for free because it was it was funny i watched this happen on epic i was like oh i might get the evil dead game it's like 30 bucks the week after i thought that because this was a week after release that i i had seen it for 30 dollars on epic i was like okay i might i might pick it up a week later it was free i was like oh yoink (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i was like well uh sorry to anybody that pre-ordered this i guess well again yeah. i don't mind that i pre-ordered evil dead because again like it's yeah one of these things where like i am a huge fan of it and like you know bruce was involved so that's mm-hmm. good enough it's not just some cash cow in on the name so i was you know relatively invested 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 yeah <laughs> but at the same time i was like yeah i want to get back into it after i double check that that gets out of the way you know <laughs> yeah because it was it was so bad it was just it was so bad you have like one kid in there that hey guys i found this and you're like we're on the complete other side average of the map call of duty lobby <laughs> yeah <laughs> My average 2000 um, 2008 call of duty lobby hey uh so 
I'm, I'm again going back to Bloodstain because I've had this up in the tab while I've been chatting. <laughs> uh, no, just 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 to give you an idea of just how bad this is. Uh, right. So from his post, so Ego himself posted this on 22nd of March. It's time to fill the promise from eight years ago. I will be having dinner and streaming with some of the backers who backed the Ego Adventure Rewards tier. <laughs> Dude, like one of the tiers that you could have gotten at the time was that you'd. Uh, actually get to have dinner with Iga and hang out with him and so on so forth and I'm going to remind you of like how much that was let me find it here jeez loads of people paid for some of these yeah 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 I was going to say I'm pretty sure it was it was 10,000 uh, Jesus Christ! You join Iga on, on adventure in Japan. You get a custom ring forged and made by him, a bloodstained glass window, an ancestral bloodline in-game portrait, and you get everything else included in the 750 tier dollar version. <laughs> Eat, yeah. stream, and be scary with Koji Igarashi in Japan. Could you imagine paying ten thousand and then waiting? Eight, eight years for years that to be back or to fucking profit off of that jesus yeah oh i would so, have gotten a lawyer so fast and <laughs> be like listen i'm not trying to sue him for money i want my dinner yeah oh, even, that's insane <sighs> yeah so that so that so that per person paid 10k i paid 60 euro and i've almost been waiting 10 years for a physical copy of the game that i fucking paid for <laughs> <laughs> that is so rough I don't, I don't need. I don't, well, I mean, 2015. We still had the. We still had the CD scan. We still had the CD scanners and physical copies of computer games. And friggin' 2015. Did I think about yeah, it? Yeah, just they weren't as prominent because it was all going to fucking digital more than anything. Yeah, but the, that's another thing too. Is like I understand digital being uh, the, the same thing as like a physical copy, but without the physical copy, obviously. Mm-hmm. But they should not be as expensive as a full price game if you're digitally downloading it. I swear. Yeah. To God. I, I, I hate I hate that sorry, the, fair proof, the thing that I fucking hate is that when I pre-ordered Evil Dead they sent me out a physical game box no CD inside <laughs> I'm like why did you do that because it's not digital I'm like why would you make one of your tier rewards a physical copy for the game if you don't include the disc in it <laughs> what like, am I supposed I'm to do? Just print out a screenshot like, from the game, put it in there. I'm like, I'm like hardly gonna go fucking buy the game again in physical form to get it. I was like, absolute fucking ridiculous <laughs> practice that has happened <laughs> several times now. That actually happened to me with Assassin's Creed Three because the day that I the day that I pre-ordered the game, I got the uh, the metal box that you got. I still have it somewhere. I got the metal box version of the game of the game case the day i pre-ordered mm-hmm. it it was supposed to come out six months later so i'm like i like look at the game box i look at the guy at gamestop and i'm like what am i supposed to do with this he's like oh you put your game disc in there i was like i'm pre-ordering it he goes yeah i know but everybody that pre-orders it gets one i'm like so I so wait, am I just gonna get a disc on the day that this comes out? He's like, no, you'll get a game box with with the game in it. I was like, six months from now. He was like, yeah. I was it like, makes no sense. Huh? 
Yeah, it's a fucking stupid practice. It, it's so which is why it like very is. Which is why to wrap back around to everything, that's why reputation is everything for certain mm-hmm. developers. And there's one game studio that, in my opinion, has never once failed on delivering a good game. Remedy. Fair. They made Max Payne. They made Alan Wake. They made Quantum Leap. They made Control. And like every single one of their games, in my opinion, really, really good. Great story, flawless. Mm-hmm. You can trust them. They have quality DLC that isn't like a cash grab or get a character pack or emotes. No, it actually builds up onto the world mm-hmm. of whatever you've been playing. And, and on so top of that, they don't need into- like a day one patch and an apology. No. No, their, their, their games run, they work, which is why like, I'm so happy that Alan Wake 2 is coming. Mm-hmm. But that, no, again, I'm... Okay, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd immediately go back on my promise not to pre-order. I'd have to, it'd have to be something worthwhile that isn't just like some fucking skins. Yeah. But um, like, I would feel safe pre-ordering a game with them because I know that they have at least delivered on their uh, promise previous games, you know? Like, yeah. I, I don't feel that with any other games. Like, Red Dead Redemption 2, yeah, it was fucking great, but let's be real. Rockstar want as much fucking money as they could possibly get out of everything. Mm-hmm. Look at what's happening with GTA 5. Like, yeah, you can't even function in GTA 5 now without buying, uh, buying one of their, sh- their many shark cards to yeah. be able to buy anything and even if you buy their hundred dollar shark cards you still can't afford to buy the um the the big the big vehicle that you want because uh it'll be like a couple million dollars and i'm yeah, like the, the game like, economy the, the is pricing shit. is ridiculous you can't earn anything it's completely shit which is why i thought red dead would be quite fun except no you're earning money as you would realistically at the start of the 1900s or the end of the 1800s, but you're having modern day prices <laughs> attached to many of the things. Exactly. Like, I think this gun, I think one like, hat this was like $150. Is worth $150. Yeah, it's like this gun is worth $500. I'm making 25 cents a day. <laughs> <laughs> I can afford that in three years. Yeah, if I'm lucky. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that that honestly that that is the worst practice ever is the is that it's not the scalping of certain things it's the scalping in game like what freaking rockstar does well, if, you want, if, if you want to talk about like scalping in games too i mean you got all your sports games for one with all the stuff oh, yeah. you can buy and then you also have like your fortnites and stuff where it's like buying battle passes and so on and so forth yeah the only it, the best battle pass that i've ever come across Sea of Thieves. You get yeah. a load of content for every store. You get some exclusive skins and stuff like that if you choose to buy it. But instead, it's like actually rewards you for playing the game. You're not really missing out on anything. It's a complete opt-in system. You don't just get like, you know, oh, here's five gold, then five gold, then five gold, then five gold. Then you get a hat, then five gold. It's like everything <laughs> you get in it is something that you would use in some way in yeah. the game it's just so it's i actually it's got an entire new ship skin for just watching a streamer that was featured on sea of thieves i like 
I got I got something for my hull, my cannons, uh, my masts, my sails, everything. I was like, oh, this this is cool for just watching an hour of someone else's for watching an hour of someone else's stream. I was like, if more games did this, I would be interested in more games, especially if they're from AAA yeah. and bigger studios. Yep, that's, that's it. So like, I think Sea of Thieves has got like that kind of better sense of what's going on in our past. Yeah, yeah, that's her. I mean, on top of that, their battle passes and like emotes and stuff like that, where I'm just, yeah, I got to get that. That looks cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. Like, like, that's uh, it. So like, like, what was it? Fortnite started doing that with the anime skins because they did it with uh, Dragon Ball Z, then Naruto, mm-hmm. and then My Hero. How much they spent on that fucking game? <laughs> uh, that was. That was. I thought it was. Cosmetics are a way to. It's, it, they are very getchy because there are so much like I really like that. I need that, <laughs> and I hate it. I want to. I want to ask you back to. Um, do you guys are how, how much of you like Gears Two and Gears Three? Do you guys like religiously play online? Uh, I didn't play too much, but I played a good chunk. Three, I, I definitely played more of. I, I played a lot more of three than I did. Two. It reminds me back of the day where, like Gears, you had to pay like one to two dollars for, like your lancer or any other gun to have like the visual effect you know moving effects or something like mm. that it, it really throws it mm. back into those styles and i remember them getting everybody back then yeah yeah i remember that but i mean like at the same time that was very much microtransactions in its infancy yeah um, you know like like you you were playing a full complete game you know, like you weren't getting like half the game and then the half sold to you later on. No, yeah, no, that's also like, 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 like you were playing the entirety of Gears of War 3. And I was like, oh, by the way, you're playing online and you technically seem to use to love the Retro Lancer an awful lot. I'm like, yeah, I do. I was like, do you want to buy a skin for it? I'm like, <laughs> well, it is my main gun and I play an awful lot online and the skin is like, I get it in a pack, so I get one skin and several others for like three years. I was, I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, okay, sure, fuck it, why not? But like, how could we know back then at the time, you know? Yeah. That was yeah. going to start what it is now. That was, oh my God. Was gonna be, that's why it's always shit on the fucking sports games because that's all they are. Yeah. Because yeah. pay the money for it. That's the insane part to me. I have a I have a friend. He's one of my best friends. His name is Steven. And he was a sports game nut he played the shit out of fifa he played the shit out of uh in a a madden and um every time what he would do in that game was he he wouldn't spend any of the actual money because apparently what they do is they give you gems and then you use those gems to buy packs well what do you do it, it, a lot of games do that too. It's like an in-game resource, and you can buy more of in-game resource. Destiny, yeah. 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 is guilty of it. Um, Apex, I think, is guilty of it. Mm-hmm. Like, but, but what I mean, he would do is he would just play the game online just to earn those gems. Just, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What pop? What new horror games are you guys looking forward to coming out? As I know, there's a remaster of System Shock. I know I never played System Shock, but that seems quite interesting to me. The other one I'm, um, I'm excited but dreading is Silent Hill 2 Remake. 100%. Yeah, I never, I never got the chance because, again, I was too young at the time to ever get into the Silent Hill series. So I'd that love was an the opportunity one that I got to play through them on, on PC. I, I, I have insane high hopes for that game. 
but I'm also terrified mm-hmm. because I don't like how James looks. I don't like how it's not, uh, you know, fixed camera angles. It's very like Resident Evil over the shoulder, Gears of War, third person, and I'm a little nervous for it now. I, I mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to it because Silent Hill Two is like probably the best one in the entire franchise. Like James is such a fantastic character, but I I'm scared. I am a hundred percent scared for it because it's not going to be. Oh wait, sorry. System the System Shock remake is actually already out. Yeah, no, came out about no. a week ago. Oops. There, uh, my answer was going to be uh, what I said earlier about the vampire game. Um, but oh, another cool. one, honestly, is this new one called Amnesia: The Bunker. Yeah, it seems like amnesia, but you can fight back. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, kind of interests me a bit more. Oh. There's this game that I I played the I played a um what's it called it's like a tester it's, but it's like a it, it's like a tester demo I guess you could say of it I I got accepted to play this tester demo it's called the Gray Hill Incident where um it, it basically is you arrive at a house to investigate a crime that happened and then it turns out to be aliens and then you fight back against aliens and it's like a whole hide and seek style horror type game with a little bit of defense mixed in i'm kind of excited for that one and then the vampire uh <laughs> i just googled that dude like it's full on aliens as like little green men in the black jumpsuits yeah oh man that it it like it looks great it was called something else and i can't remember what it was i'll look through my games to find it um, yeah it looks like you can shoot them but can you actually kill them oh no one fell over oh one fell over yeah. uh, well i mean like that's what i mean like so some of these actually seem interesting because i don't like apart from that i can't really think of any other big horror games that are coming up that are making yeah. me really redfall interested like i don't know why i had that on there i saw a trailer there for something called unfollow which seems kind of cool as it's like surreal horror but then again it could be you know the walking simulator with jump scares mm-hmm. oh i'm sorry no i lied the game that i played was called they are here alien abduction and it's supposed to release next year that's the one that i played i'm so sorry oh okay i don't know if it's considered horror i mean it's got like action horror vibes to me i'm looking forward to remnant too That'd be good. So which one, sorry? Remnant 2. Remnants. Did you ever play Remnant? Uh, Ashes, was it like Ashes of the what? Uh, oh yeah, Remnant 2. Oh no, I know, I know, I know of it, but no, I've never actually played it. Oh, it's fun. It's fun. It I'm, is. I'm really looking forward to that. Me and Miz beat the game uh, together one time. Yeah, Remnant from the Ashes is such a fun game. It's so much fun. One, one that I'm looking forward to now that I just remembered is um my friendly neighborhood and the oh, whole thing yeah. is that is that like a continuation um, of a hello neighbor no 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 no. it's it's basically you go into uh it's a it's a puppet like a muppets show kind of thing saturday morning you oh, play as a repairman sent in and you get attacked by a lot of killer <laughs> puppets and muppets and funny. i don't know i haven't looked at the game in a while i don't know if it's going to be good or if it's going to be you know falling into the whole poppy's playtime kind of deal mm, or if it's going to be like actually 
leaning into the whole fact that like you know puppets can be creepy the whole smiley so i found i found that game that i was telling you guys got about it's called bloody hell hotel bloody Bloody hell hotel okay And then let's see what was another one that I was looking at. Um, huh. Oh yeah, I forgot they re-released uh, Monkey Island. <laughs> oh, Point-click adventure games, I, I absolutely love that. That's why uh, fucking Monkey Island. Uh, what was another one? Odd, the old like older Odd Worlds really felt that way in some sense. Not point and click, but that like two D platformer in a way. That mm-hmm. Metroidvania feel. I miss those. And actually generally being terrified of those sometimes too, especially with some of the enemies that would come up ahead. <laughs> Fair. There was another game that I was looking for that I would love to play with with you guys at some point, but I can't seem to find it. It was it was a horror game, but it was a it was a multiplayer horror game and I cannot freaking find it. I thought I Mary got a fucking re release. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think of any other games that are coming out or anything that really stand out to you excites me but nothing's really coming to mind which is a bit of a shame as it feels like i'm kind of just waiting around for the next big indie dev horror game to come out that isn't just another reskin of whatever's yeah which is why i really love that whole surreal retro fps ps1 style graphic games because they could either be a walking simulator with something creepy. They could be uh, like an actual like that one game that's that a throwback to you the game. Not like, this. Um, Which one? The one where you play as the girl in the uh, insane asylum. Oh, uh, Frambo. Yeah, Frambo. Like I, I like, click, I, I do like, like that's a point and click kind of thing. But it's like yeah. that surrealism. Like, I really love that game. Mm-hmm. It, that, it's that, that, like horror. So Horror isn't really in a bad place because I think most people realize now that to make a triple A game that's actually going to be good and functioning is like across the board difficult and people aren't trustworthy. So people yeah. are more than willing to experiment with game devs themselves, smaller teams coming out. Are you guys familiar with the Doom mod by house? Yes. No. I'm so not. only recently released. It was kind of like an ARG. It was basically a map made for GZ Doom, which is just a uh, a new engine for playing the original classic <laughs> Doom on. And the whole thing is, is that some guy makes a post claiming that um, his, his friend passed away and was making a map based on his house and he decided he'd finish it off and upload it. But then you start to play it and it's surreal it's completely impossible like you start to realize that certain things if you know doom can't be done like there's a level there's a an upstairs and a downstairs directly on top of one another the doom engine has never been it's never been possible to have an upstairs and a downstairs doom cannot have two levels of something <laughs> like so they've always just done textures that wrap around or you know like tricks in the architecture of the engine to make it look like you know like when you're going down a set of stairs and you keep moving in a big circular clockwise motion yeah eventually you'd have to have the stairs wrap around on top of you that never 
happens because it's all tricks in the engine to make you think that that's what's happening going on but it isn't <laughs> but apparently some fucker figured out how to use non-elucidian geometry to make impossible spaces have are you guys even familiar with non-elucidian right so the idea is that there's a video i'll send you this after podcast but um if you're standing in a tunnel and you look it's a really long tunnel if you look at it from the left or the right but when your character stands squarely at the front of it mm-hmm. this tunnel might only be like two steps whereas if you look from the left to the right it's about 10 paces so the whole idea is that you're creating space within space mm, okay. it's like a whole doctor who tardis i genuinely yeah. do not Figure understand how it works like there's another one the idea is that you walk into a tunnel and you're going down but when you get to the end of the tunnel you're now at the top of a hill <laughs> and when you go into the tunnel and if you could do the reverse you start going up but it's hmm. yeah it's i like it interesting interesting yeah it's it's such a bizarre way to do it so you have this entire doom map with monsters with all these hidden items and secret endings and impossible geometry and surrealism like someone went and made this surreal horror experience with ARG things if you look at the other files that were posted by this guy in a fucking 20 year old FPS horror game well, we're talking and I think it's a 30 year old game right 92 Jesus Christ yeah, like, <laughs> yeah thanks for reminding me my birthday is tomorrow <laughs> thank you i, I think you. the fact that like that a game like that is still being used to get those experiences across it really is yeah, yeah like yeah i i think that says an awful lot about I, th- I think that's a really interesting thing and i'm happy that that's uh <laughs> around yeah, yes. yeah honestly i like the i like i like it when people revisit older games and they and they either like find them they make a mod that makes it better or they just do something that like Kind of resparks like hey i found this secret that no one that no one found after i played this game for like 700 hours yeah. I, I like or that aspect 30 of years <laughs> yeah mm. and and horror yeah, games but, uh, don't get enough attention for that type of stuff sadly that's it i think it became too saturated with too many um jump scare games yeah and i'm hoping are easy that's the thing like yeah, jump scares are easy they work i mean horror movies are all also unfortunately guilty of that this is, this is too much this is why i fucking hate the five nights at freddy series yeah, like, fair, i fair. never i never found them scary but all it ever fucking I was actually enjoyed security breach mm-hmm. they, they were definitely I haven't played that one like now mary is a big five nights of freddy's fan so at some point you guys are probably going to see me streaming that i will get dragged only into that by I, her only ones i played of that were the uh ones on the playstation vr i think it was help wanted uh yeah. and i really enjoyed it that way because it's actually more terrifying in 3d <laughs> or like yeah. vr and everything but um well when i finally get my own space i might finally get a vr headset and go back and experience certain games and actually you know be scared for once <laughs> oh i i'm highly world. recommending highly recommending resident yeah. evil 7 honestly yeah. it is i it is so much fun in vr i <laughs> it's refuse so to play that game in vr 
after the last time that I did because I I somehow managed to get my PlayStation to play to my VR headset. I and I only did it the one time, and I was like, you know what? Resident Evil was scary, but it wasn't that scary. I played 15 minutes of it and just undid everything that I had just set up with that friggin' headset. I was like, nope. You, you would think that. you get used to it later on, but no, it doesn't get better. <laughs> it gets worse. But, it gets see, so much worse. See, that's it. I'm kind of hoping to have that experience because, again, I don't want to sound like I'm this ultimate cool bad. Yeah, yeah, you're cool. You're edgy. Yeah, you I know, it. I know, I know. Sweet. <laughs> no, but like, Go put on your mascara. I, okay, okay. I'm gonna paint my nails black after this podcast. How could you tell? <laughs> Is that I genuinely am not scared by horror games, which is kind of bad when you're a streamer because you're not reacting. Yeah, and I've had people watch me play. Kind of, yeah. Like, I've had people watch me play all of Outlast one and all of Outlast two. And I don't react to a single jump scare or anything frightening or startling. So I and never like, played I Outlast, which I think my experience from you and Outlast are different is because I played it in VR as well. So Yeah, that's what I mean. So I'm hoping VR is that kick that I need because like nothing frightens really, like, me, which really, but that has really allowed me though to get into games that have a real sense of tension and atmosphere and story driven like you know i can, I can pick out on those ones that actually that. i'm pretty sure there are games that have scares you just don't remember for one and number two i feel like um if it's based off more modern ones i feel like there there's parts of more modern ones that are scary but like as a whole they aren't honestly no I, the scariest game that i have played in vr uh hands down aside from aside from resident evil 7 was phasmophobia but that was because like my first 10 seconds in the house the ghost spawned in my face and i dropped to the floor <laughs> i said ah <laughs> vr well, no, a lot but just in general there are there are terrifying games or even just like i guess for me i get uh like dead by daylight still gives me like in general spikes and so on and so forth yeah. <laughs> and those jump scares I feel like I, I still can count mm. that one in there. I, I enjoy it um, because especially yeah. like when you have a good team going or like when the when we'll all of us get together and play together. Um, if it's like all of us like playing uh, KYF, I feel like it's not as terrifying because we're all just shooting the shit and mocking each other. <laughs> Irish still scares the shit out of me, especially if he's the killer, because like he'll pick, <laughs> he'll pick Ghostface and just be standing behind me. It'll be fucking Nemi. What are you talking about? It's Nemi or Wesker. I'm a Wesker main. Well, I, I go back and forth between Wesker and Huntress, but like sometimes you just got to mess with everybody. Yeah. Like the one time that I played against him as Ghostface, he was standing behind me, stacking up his ability the entire time I was fixing a generator. And everyone was like, Has anyone seen Irish? And I'm like, No. And I pan my camera around. He's just standing I'm behind me. And all I hear is. <laughs> i'm like hi irish he's like Hello. yeah yeah so for anyone very briefly so for dead by daylight if he plays michael myers one of the killers That's licensed scary. killers you can buy he levels up his ability by stalking someone which basically means like just stand somewhere keep the person in view and then hold down your right mouse button and jimmy was on a generator completely unaware and so i was just like 
okay just standing behind i'm staring at him <laughs> and my evil meter like you know skyrockets uh, sky <laughs> and i was like i haven't seen them do you see it? i was just like maybe <laughs> all of us are freaking out like where the fuck is he dude who's he see everyone's like it's like, it's like, it's like <laughs> the music went off he's leveled up and i'm just like how does he not notice the fact that i'm like behind him he should hear the the music or the terror <laughs> i didn't hear any of it i just was like i like i just remember someone asked me i don't remember who it was they're like has anyone seen irish and i'm like no and my camera just slowly panned and i look behind me and i just see him just standing there like i just picture him just standing with his arms out like this just going in my head <laughs> and all i hear is hi irish <laughs> and i'm like found him <laughs> yeah that's it like other people can make or break your experience like the outlast yeah. trials i find them a bit more enjoyable than one and two because you have the ability to quote unquote I fight back i, I have heard get... things like yeah you can either like hide or like throw things at them or something like that i think i saw yeah, one like, where a guy picked up like a two by four and smacked one of the guys with it or something not that i'm aware of must have been a trailer but um you you get like these different types of rigs like one of them is like a gas cloud to you know if they're chasing you and they hit a trip mine it's smoke screen one of them is your typical restore your health the other one's like x-ray vision but the other one or the one that i've specced into is um it's basically like a thing you throw at them and it stuns them so like you can't kill them or ever get rid of them but you can do that at the same time you can throw a bottle to distract them you can distract them with a brick, but a brick you can also like momentarily stun them with as well. So there's like uh, finally a level of fighting back while also uh, still defense, doing yeah, while still being chased. Yeah, that's I, fair. I'm, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna pick up that game because if it's coming highly recommended from from you, then I have to check it out. And as you all know, my word is law because I am the oh video game God. man who knows the best about all horror games. <laughs> no, there's yeah, right, right. Here's here's the, get scared. Here's the funny thing that when it comes if you're to not scared about games, please, then you can tell me what to play. <laughs> here's 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 uh something really funny. I follow I follow this to the T. If Miz says something about a movie or a game, I listen because a lot of times Miz does not have favorable opinions about new movies or video games i'm usually the shitter you can ask anyone that knows me i'm usually on the shits on everything and i go to yeah. my like extreme lengths of saying how much i dislike something and so then, really what jimmy is trying to get across is that this says a movie is bad chances are dear viewer you're going to enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> well, no not even then because like i watched uh something out of curiosity because this was like after the second or third episode of this podcast and Miz said something about a movie that was bad and i was like i haven't seen that one so i went and found it online i watched like the first 10 minutes of it and i was like oh yeah this is shit and i was like this is right i don't remember which one it was there's a lot of movies i shit on especially in the horror yeah. world <laughs> and then um one thing i've noticed is that like when like when both of you when both of you say that a game is good i'm like oh this game must be really good i'm probably gonna like it i go and play it i'm like they were right <laughs> this game is good i do like it I thought you were to say, they were wrong. This game is really bad. <laughs> garbage. <laughs> you like this? This is garbage. Which one of you recommended Doki Doki Literature Club? 
<laughs> I've only heard things about that. I've never played it. I've, I don't even know what it is. All I know I is watched like a fucking um, romance. It's, it's, a, it's I, like I, a visual novel that. thing. Yeah, I can't do it's, it's yeah. a visual novel. But if it's not really a visual novel, I recommend. If you want a, if you want a good, like if you want a good Sims, man. viewing of it, watch the Game Grumps playthrough of it. It's actually pretty funny. I have never seen a single episode of those. <laughs> you, you, when the first time you and I met, your voice sounded almost like Dan's did on the Game Grumps. You're like the second person to tell me that. I have no idea who that is, but that I don't. I, he's one I of the guys on it. He's also a yeah, musician. Yeah, he's 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 the lead singer for Ninja Sex Party, and that's the name of the band. I, I know that band. Oh, it's a yeah. great band. Yeah. <laughs> it's a band, all right. <laughs> it's a, it's a band, and they also have another band where Aaron, where Aaron, the other host of Game Grumps, is a part of it. And uh, Starbomb, they make songs about video games. It's like I enjoy both uh, NSP and Starbomb in different rest in different respects, but. If you want to know anything about a horror game, new, old, and different, watch the Game Grunts because they played, um, uh, what was it? Silent Hill Shattered Memory. Oh my God, that was so bad. And they fucked up so bad that they actually made me want to replay the game because it, like, I do remember certain aspects of it being pretty funny. So I, I absolutely love the Silent Hill franchise, but however, like the last good one, it barely passes as good is Homecoming. But I have such a unique bond with that game, so that that's for me to is say. That that like plays the Prisoner Murphy. No, that's uh, Downpour. Oh, okay. Downpour was the only bad. one that I really know anything about. I hated Downpour. I watched oh. Two Best Friends play at the time, <laughs> and like a giant meme that went around was that at one point they find a giant hole in the city of town. They try to pick up a fire axe and they immediately fuck it into the. <laughs> so yeah no here's, uh yeah silent hill franchise is touch and miss especially with more recent ones i, I know everyone was excited for pt or pt and i, I was like eh towards it it straight i kind of wish it, it had gotten made out of the only reason why i was excited the only reason why i was excited for it was because it was that was the one that uh kojima uh del toro and uh Redis were supposed to be a part of right was it that one mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. yeah before uh yeah, and that's how we got death standing later yeah, I was about to say at the same time. That's how we got Death Stranding. So, like yeah. you know, so I, fan, that I, 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 I consider it uh, a big up. Actually, you know what? I think I'll briefly talk about that because I know it's supposed to be R, and I don't know if we're winding down soon. Are we? Winding yeah, down soon. Yeah. Okay. Right. I'll try. We're going. Holy shit! <laughs> it, yeah, it, we've been I'll going for two now. hours forty minutes. Yeah. Okay, I'll try not make this too long. But basically, people look at that game and they know that you play as a guy who delivers. I'm still listening. Stuff. Right back. And people, no problem. People think that it's a, a walking simulator or ATP. It's not really. I mean, yes, that is definitely part of it, but it is a horror game. It's a traversal game. You have ghosts and monsters that are out there. You have human enemies that you have to sneak and stealth around. And if they capture you, you know, so like there's a lot more to it. Its story gets into some kind of body horror elements. Like there's vengeful spirits and heard, ghosts. Yeah, no, I've heard great things about it. I just haven't like gotten it yet and dedicated yeah. any time to it yet. I, I well, just get the, I really want to, just haven't. Yeah, that's fine. Get the director's cut because it's out and it's got more content in it as well. Not that Kojima cut stuff out, but it was more just like they went back. What else can we add? Like they added a fucking you can do racing now at one point as well. Like you can race some of the vehicles. Yeah. Interesting. 
like I, I won't do anything that's too spoilery, but in terms of some of the concepts that it looks at, um, okay, this isn't really much of a spoiler, but like, there's an idea called the beach, and it is that it oh, is yeah. like this in it's this in between world of where spirits are. Everybody knows that there's like the little baby in the jar that Norma Maria just carries around with him, and that's the big meme. How that actually works is that that's a child spiritually connected to a mother that's mm-hmm. now brain dead. So technically, the child is now able to tap into the other side to see ghosts and spirits, which is how you can see the enemies in the oh, game, wow. which is why they're necessary. And it's only certain people have the ability, depending on their level of exposure, can see them, feel them, touch them. Redis is only able to sense them. And it's true that that helps. So like, you have all these bizarre, surreal systems and things in place to actually navigate through this broken, fractured, fucked up world while also like trying to outlast all these things. The people are also part of the monster troy baker's character is excellent mm-hmm. and i'm really looking like, forward like to whatever they... no he's so good and he's like he chews up the scenery he's loving it no, i'm really interested to see what's going to happen in the second game because like i've played through all of the first one i love it i genuinely have no idea what the fuck the second one's plot could even be <laughs> like, <laughs> like i've been talking about this game to how many different people i recommend it like give it like an hour okay like this cut well, scenes this I, I will game give it, like, if i can get through like some of the games i've played i mean if we're talking like <clears throat> prolonged cutscenes, i mean kojima's like love for cutscenes in mgs5 is like a prime example of like mm-hmm. hey i want to play the game <laughs> yeah yeah well like, that's the, it like the opening cutscene. sometimes <clears throat> it's that sometimes it isn't but like for example, like people just keep saying, oh, it's a walking similar parcel thing. Yes and no. The idea is that people are isolated and the whole goal of the story is to reconnect people. And every section of the game is broken up into different sections. So, for example, let's say there's a guy further up a mountain. I have to figure out my way of traversing there by myself. So I need to plan equipment. I need to see, do I need to get like a exoskeleton suit to help me carry whatever else I need to get up there. Do I need to avoid monsters? Is there people shooting at me? Do I need to bring a gun? Like blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Proper get planning. There. Proper planning. It's difficult, but after you do enough deliveries or you meet whatever requirements, certain ones are story-based, certain ones you need to do stuff, they get brought into this, what we call the chiral network. Mm-hmm. You can now see other structures built by other players. So, say you suddenly have to go up this giant mountain and it's a fucking pain in the ass to constantly climb up and you've been using a load of ladders or you've been using a load of climbing ropes or you found this awkward way that gets up there but you have to go through a load of enemy. Now, someone has just built a load of zip lines that you can now take advantage of because someone else built them and now that you're connected with another person, maybe you want to add on to their line of zip lines because you have the materials and now someone else can use that previous player's and yours to it's you get this yeah you get this sense blending of worlds you're working together but you never see the people that you're working working with with. which is a very weird 
feeling, but you know that idea of like doing something good for someone else to eventually find? Yeah. Or like if you've ever been in a coffee shop and you give it, but actually say, yeah, pay that on for the next person who needs it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of. Hey, well, wait, when you, you talk about taking care of your fellow man, when, <laughs> this is America. We don't yeah. do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I love how everybody like shat on Kojima when that game came out. I was like, it's a crappy walking simulator. Oh, it doesn't make sense. Or sister, like, I was like, oh, we had a global pandemic and everybody's isolated, staying alone. Nobody wants to talk to another, really mm-hmm. connect. And we del- and we rely on delivery men to get anything done. Wow. Norman that's Reedus really was Amazon. Weird concept. <laughs> right? No, I was honestly, so I have a, one of my friends, um, absolutely love that game. Uh, big old, big old fucking nerd. Love him. Um, he recommended that game highly to me and he says it is fantastic and it's like I, I take his word as gold because he was one of the people that told me to like give the new god of war not ragnarok but the like 2018 one yeah he's like mm-hmm. just give it a shot trust me it's, it's really good and i was like i'm so tired of norse mythology blah 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 but he's like no fucking play it trust me you'll love it and i ended up loving it a lot i even cried during that game <laughs> so like <clears throat> if he's really recommending it and you're really recommending it, i'm definitely gonna have to look into it I got it for free when it was on Epic, so I'm probably going to check it out. I don't know if it was a director's cut, but I don't know. I'll, I'll definitely give it a shot. because I. Well, let me, put it to you this, let, me, let me put it this way. Whether you have the normal version or the director's cut, you're not really missing anything. So much mm-hmm. as just the director's stuff, like adds extra oh. fun things or different buildings. Like, like one of the things, like they add in a racetrack so you can race some of the vehicles around or Reedus has his own custom personal bike brought into the game as well. So you could play as Norman Reedus driving his bike around a racetrack. <laughs> they add another thing is like before, like all the buildings are designed to like solve problems or you can be creative in how you use them. Right. If you have the materials. But uh, some of the other ones that were just stupid, like you can get like a catapult. <laughs> so you can like launch yourself out of a catapult. <laughs> it's like you could cross the river with a bridge or you or. could use a catapult. <laughs> I'm choosing the catapult. Because Kajim is a fucking lunatic and I love him. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You know, that, that, that bridge does look very welcoming. However, I have a catapult. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like, like counter argument, catapult. Like even then, there's some things about the games that he makes that are horror, mm-hmm. but also like surreal. Like because you are, uh, there's a special type of people who are affected by the d- disease called dooms in the game, and Reedus right. has one level of it. Uh, his body's excrement is harmful, or at least is repellent to some of the things. So. In one case, you can literally stand there and have all these blood creatures and oil like come up out of the ground, crying, moaning, right? It's like fucking horrifying to look at. Right. You can piss on them <laughs> and, they will, and they will like shriek and run away. Aha! There's another, yeah, there's another thing. It's like, oh, that's <laughs> funny. But then you're like, but, but it's only like deterring them a little bit. They'll like recoil and then I'm after you again. Mm hmm. You can use weapons, but they. One second. Bless you. Shit, excuse me. But they, but they take blood. Blood is your health. You can make a grenade that is literally. You can use a grenade that is literally made of your own blood because that will like disturb them a lot more than piss will. 
it's again, like, that's it's like which path do I choose? Do I choose to pee on them or do I choose seppuku? What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. What do you want to do? Bleed on me? <laughs> <laughs> so like, man even that, then, the man idea, that got bled on. But the idea is like, if you use up too much blood, obviously you could potentially die, but that has right. an impact on how fast you can move. And so like, there's a, an actual risk, risk reward, reward horror thing going on. So like, there's just so much about that game that's freaky, surreal, uh, makes uh, no sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll get yeah. my shot. But um, to end things off, I do have one question. Uh, I already know my answer to it. What is one? Ooh, excuse me. What is one uh, trope in a horror game that you'd love to see make uh, more of a comeback? See, see more prominent in it could be anything like style of gameplay, anything like that. <sighs> like favorite horror games like what we want like a trope in it yeah to come back that's hard i mean because it, it can it can be it can be multiple for me honestly i'll, I'll warm you guys up with it for me honestly it is the uh you remember how in certain old school horror games you had like the normal you had the easy through hard difficulties and then you had the one difficulty that you after you beat it in hard mode where it had permadeath I would love to see mm-hmm. that make a resurgence in horror games. Uh, I would agree, but I've had yeah. that in certain games where the game has crashed or the game hasn't run well. Yeah. And that's ruined my run. So, yeah. If it's there's a- any AAA games that want to do that, sure. Make your fucking game work. Yeah, Dead Space 2 is one that like pops into my head right away where you have to beat the entire game with like two saves the entire time. Yeah. Mm. Fucking brutal, dude. That was a hardcore run, I remember that. Like, if you're trying to like, well, like what I'm trying to do with uh, Resident Evil 4 right now for the professional mode, um, <clears throat> like save management is, like that's what I was going to say, is save management for me is one that I would like to see come back is because I absolutely love the original like Resident Evil or like older PlayStation 1 games and stuff like that, where you had to go to this specific save room to save. There was no checkpoints. There was no, yeah. like, anything else. It's like, that save is your fucking lifeblood. <laughs> yeah. That, I, I that miss, was fun. like, mandatory saves. I'm so tired of, like, the checkpoint system and, like, having to, like, being baby held. I can just do this as many times as I want. But, like, with yeah. Dark Souls, for example, like, the bonfires or Elden Ring with the graces and stuff like that, like, mm-hmm. that is your your only spawn point like there is you can explore as long as you want do whatever the hell you want but when you die that's how far back you're going <laughs> yeah I, I did i did like elden ring for that for that aspect because i was like okay i have this many runes if i die right now i lose all those runes and I have to go back from this point that i last touched to get back well, to here not only that but it's like you can like okay i have to go this way and go complete another way and just fuck off for however long and then mm-hmm. come back and be shit i don't even know my way here back or get lost like i like that almost metroidvania feel of like backtracking so much but then there's right. also too much like is what happens in elder ring at times hmm. <laughs> you know i respect that i did i did i did like that aspect of it because I it was do, like like i said love that uh save management that's one of the things i love because resident Evil 4 is really throwing me back into that <laughs> fair that's fair um um, if I had to think, I think a trope that I really like and I think works well for horror is the unreliable narrator. 
And I think that's an awful lot of fun. Like, I don't mean something as generic as like, oh, you were playing as the villain the whole time along with amnesia. You know, like events that happen or like Rashomon like you have one person's perspective of events or you need to get so many different versions to finally piece together the truth but maybe you can never know what actually was true you can only just get facts and versions you never get enough so your mind has to fill in the blanks or you know I, I always found that really interesting like to go back to another game slight spoiler I guess for Alan Wake Right. The whole yeah. thing is Alan gets attacked by what's called is just the dark presence. And it forces him to write a novel. And it's basically allowing it to cross over into reality. Alan wakes up with a head injury like a few weeks later. And you find pages throughout the the story that kind of either tells you about what's going to happen next yeah, or gives context to certain things or whatever like that and I found that really interesting only that if you go through the game in certain ways now it's been several years since I played through the f- full game properly but if I remember one of these theories that I remembered or that I thought myself was that Alan is eventually replaced by an evil twin called Mr. Scratch Oh yeah. The theory was that like, you actually never play as Alan. Alan has been locked in the cabin writing the entire time, and that you've actually been playing as Scratch, finding pages, but that Alan was actually writing about you playing as him, thinking it was him with pages. It's all these various levels of meta deep. And it's only when you actually play Alan Wake's American Nightmare, the follow-up, that you're actually free. Because there's a guy called Thomas Sane, who was a poet in the game, and he had the exact same issue that faced Alan. But some people remember him. Some people don't remember him. He wrote certain works. Certain people say he never did. Sane has technically written himself out of existence, depending on how the novel works. But he's also around for Alan to help is he actually real? Did Alan write this character because he needed something to help move the entire thing? Like everything about that story is so loose and so fluid. And you can take any detail and discuss how many levels of meta you are or up or down, depending on what is real. Or... I think that makes for a very fun horror story. You That's know, I guess, like, yeah. What is truth? What is real? You've played the entire game. Did you just miss what everyone else can see? And it's only in your second playthrough that shit finally starts to click. Like, I, I love that style of game. I think that's very like the narration and the storytelling of it. Yeah. I think when narrate, like, you know, good horror games either need to have a good story, an interesting character, good atmosphere or good design like at least if it has like one of those you're willing to play or play on yeah. in a great scenario you get all of them <laughs> yeah in a great you know? scenario and that's and that's what makes something worth remembering and uh this is a uh this is something that really irked me on the like one of the last new horror games that i bought everybody was telling me get it they were like get martha is dead when i played through it i've, I've yeah, heard about mixed things about that it it is so bad because it's not scary at all. Like I got scared by my sound alerts. I didn't get scared by that game at all. 
like the, the scenes that were supposed to be scary was not scary. There was a scene in it where like you cut off someone's face. And like it, it like that's that, where I would want to hear like the sound effects because that's like my favorite thing. I don't know. Oh, why, they were but, terrible. Like, they sounded like someone ripping open like a, a paper sack. They they didn't oh. even sound like visceral. Like even the sound design was bad. Because um, like, I'm, like that's where my audio file goes really crazy. Is like sound effects on like body horror and stuff like that. Like, yeah, that's one of my um, like smile. Uh, American World in London. Some of my favorite yeah. sounds. Those those were good. But um, yeah, for Martha's Dead. I went and looked at the design, the the game publisher and designer, which was just the same people. Um, they had made a game back in like 2016, 2015, something like that. And it had all of the same problems that Martha is Dead did. But everyone was like, how can you not like that game? I was like, I didn't like it. I mean, we get we get delivered shit so often that when we see something semblance of good that we think it's great. <laughs> Yeah, like everyone, like everyone was praising it to me, and I come to find out that people that play, the people that were recommending it to me, were recommending it to me off of um, Xbox and PlayStation Four, or yeah, Xbox and PlayStation, and they had certain things that were edited out to make it console friendly that I didn't that I didn't have in the PC version, and I actually just played over by one minute the maximum amount of time that you're allowed to play in a game in order to get the refund. I was like, well, this fucking sucks. It felt like with uh, Hmm. like summer of 93 or summer of 83, whatever that game was called. um, 56. Yeah, there it is. 56. It was sound really far away, miss. Yeah. uh, Okay. So it's not just me. Yeah. Is that better? (laughs) Yeah, that's much better. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, Summer of uh, uh, whatever it was, 58 uh, or 56, whatever it was. Um, it's less than two hours and a lot of people played it, enjoyed it, so whatever, and then they refunded it, which kind of killed whatever potential the creator was going to do. But I still have that game. I never refunded it. I, I only have like an hour and 43 minutes into it. It was done really, really well for a short story for like, I think the game was like seven bucks or something like that. Yeah. It was, I really enjoyed the atmosphere that it gave me. Uh, very lack of story, but then giving you a lot of story at the same time without it. Uh, story of 58, is it? Um, because yeah, I just I just like I just checked on Steam. It's like summer. Summer Yeah, it's like summer of 58, 56, something summer like 58. that. Summer 58. Summer camp takes place in Russia. Yeah. Yes. A lot of it's yeah, translated. Okay. So yeah, some it's, some it's of the things that you see aren't translated over very well. So yeah, I only have 85 minutes in the game. It, it's still a really good game. I really enjoyed it. Um I might go I did back too. to it again. Uh because it's it's a fun Halloween game. It's not a long game whatsoever, mm-hmm. but the jump scares or like the unnerving feeling in some of the spots are really good. Yeah. They did. They did really well for, for what they, for what little they did, they did really, really well. Cause it's not a very yeah, I, big game. Yeah. So it's like 11 gigs. Yeah. If even like it's, it's how, visually more terrifying than anything, but like there's just some spots in it that's just done really well. That catches me yeah. off guard. And the one playthrough I did do of it, like I'm going to wait for it. Um, another playthrough on Halloween. Because it's been like two years since I played it, so I'm really looking forward to going back to it. It's been like a year. I played it. I played it last year after I hit. Um, yeah, October fourth was the last time I played that one. 2021. <laughs> it's already gonna be two years. Holy shit! Go here to library. Library. I'll go to summer 58. Yeah, summer 58. It's it's it, like it does so much without doing so so much at the same so time. Much. Yeah, it, it's very minimalistic, but like when it does impact it does impact there's some like 
scripted spots that like you can read right away but there's some that just like completely are left out of, out of left field for me yeah another game like that for me is uh tall poppy i have not played that one it's pretty fun uh last played for me was september 21st 2022 i have 3.4 hours in the game i've, I've played through it twice hmm. yeah that's that's that yeah that, that game that game if you've not played it just just be warned there's going to be jump scares and they're going to be well timed and you're going to be mad that they got you if they do get you <laughs> fair enough because there wasn't there wasn't really an audio cue to these like there are with a lot of the other ones where like you get like that uh like an outlast when the music changes you're like oh shit yeah. this one was just like huh those are the best ones this one just it pops out of nowhere <laughs> yeah i agree but um, yeah, I think I think we're good to end it here. If you guys are, uh, we can yeah, definitely I'm do this end it here. Time. Yeah, I didn't even realize yeah. it's three hours almost. Well, yeah. Well, Ms. Jimmy, thank you both very much for inviting me on. Hopefully, my rambling was interesting to both of you, and hopefully, to anyone else who's listening it. as well. Oh, always, <laughs> I appreciate it's it. Always a great time to get with everyone. Trust me. So, uh, from me to everyone out there, thank you for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope Irish enjoyed himself. Uh, I'd I love to have indeed. him back. I hope you guys are willing to have him back after all of this. I mean, <laughs> we we needed someone that was analytical. Like I'm more for story and plot. Miz is more for sound design and visuals. Yeah, I'm, we... I'm a very visual blood and gore person when it comes to most things. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, like like I said, I'm happy to come back and discuss movies. I remember you mentioned to me about. Babadook and I'm like let me put this English degree to use I'm like this actually is a whole symbolism for grief it's not actually a horror monster so much as the monster that is grief and I was like I was like yeah for the whole degree I'm gonna use the whole degree <laughs> yeah exactly I was like I didn't even think about that that, that freaking that blew my mind for a minute I was like oh still doesn't change my opinion of the movie <laughs> that's yeah. fine but I mean yeah happy to bring that level to things if that's what you're looking for yeah, we, we always need someone that's a little bit more analytical than, than either one of us. Because I, I look, like I said, I look for the plot. I look for the story. Ms. L- listens for the sound and for the overall visuals. And then, like, the only thing we're missing really is someone that's, like, analytical with certain things. And I'm like, hmm. I know well, there you go. I mean, my sheer iron will allows me to do that. But any horror game. <laughs> oh, my God. This man's hard over here. Okay, I'm going to shut up talking absolutely bollocks, and I'm going to let you wrap this up. Thank you both very much for having me. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Oh, no right problem. Time, well, uh, we'll be in touch again. Trust me. Oh, yeah. From <laughs> myself out there to everyone, much love, and uh, look forward to seeing you next time. And Later, guys. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>